Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Wednesday, the 10th of January. It's basically, I mean, you, you, you're, you're getting nearer payday, but it's still, still a little bit too far away for you to worry about at the moment. I know, I know, it's a struggle. It's, uh, it's, it's always the same in January. Once we got through, through January and you've paid all the bills, and by God, you've got bills coming in in January, mine have already started arriving. They seriously have. I look at them and I go, oh, God, we have a lean month. But it doesn't matter. I've reined in. I've not been, not been too bad. Not been too bad. Uh, what have we got today? How did the Briton jailed in Egypt get 290 tramadol tablets? That was the question I've been asking for the past two weeks. She gets them from this woman who apparently gets them because she's had bad backs since whatever. And she obviously is stockpiling tablets. So in other words, we're wasting money by giving this woman tablets. Her doctor should be checking very carefully and cutting her back. Uh, also, uh, farewell to the gorilla with the cushiest life. Nico has died. All of that. And um, the £4 million lottery winner. She's bought her lover, a Henry. That's a Hoover, uh, which is lovely. Uh, also... Uh, Manchester City Academy starlet, who's never been in a Premier League game, spends over two million on a mansion. It's a bit tacky. It's, it's not really. It'll be full of horrible things because uh, he's only 20. And at 20, you don't know anything at all, do you? Uh, the tattooist of Auschwitz is in the paper today. The pervy ministers facing the axe. Marks and Spencers have learnt how to make a load of money out of a cauliflower. They just slice it and put it with a little bit of sauce and repackage it. So a £70 cauliflower, one slice of it, costs £2.50. They call it a cauliflower steak. It's called a rip-off. If you choose to buy it, that's your problem. You don't have to buy it. They don't make you buy it. Um, The £25,000 ring swallow thief who has been jailed... That's the uh, the bloke who goes in and nicks a ring and then swallows it. And, get, and, and you think, anyway, we've, we've sent him to prison for a few years. Uh, hundreds are burgered at Byron. 20 restaurants are at risk of closing. What's the matter with Byron? I quite like Byron. Their milkshakes are fab. Their burgers are OK. They're all right. You know, I've eaten at the one in, in Richmond a few times. You've been to Byron? You've been to Byron? It's all right, isn't it? It's not your favourite. Which is better? Patty and bun. I've never even... Where's that from? Is that in London? Is it? Oh, right. It's not a chain, is it? Oh, right. Oh, right. What about Five Guys? Five Guys is... Oh, it's Five Guys. But that's really expensive, isn't it? Five Guys. Right. Oh, right. I've never eaten there. I've seen the one because we have one on the corner here. And every day I keep thinking I'll get... But fries are very expensive. There's also a chain called Gourmet Burger Kitchen and Honest Burger. Perhaps there's too many of these burger places. Perhaps, perhaps Byron have, have fallen victim to it, because I've been to the one. It's never been packed, the one in Richmond, but their milkshakes are very good. It's, I mean, if you have a banana milkshake, it's like, whoa. That is like really... Five guys... Oh, no, you can't have a peanut butter milkshake. That's ridiculous! A peanut butter milkshake. Oh, God. They do banana. See, if they do banana, I'm there, because I love banana milkshakes. Peanut butter milkshake. We'll have to go out, Mike, and go and do, go and do lunch at five, five Guys. Perhaps we should try one. Perhaps we should do a bit of a survey thing. we we'll sort of go out. You actually pay for it, you know, one, one time, and then, then I'll miss the time, and then it'll be your time again. And then we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll try different burger places. OK, we'll do that. That's a good idea, isn't it? I like that idea. But I've never... I, I want to eat in Five Guys. But I think we've... Ah, I've just remembered. I've just remembered. We've got a Five Guys opening... I think it's a Five Guys opening in Richmond. Two shops down from Byron. That doesn't sound very promising, does it? Oh. 
Yeah, we've got a Nando's opening in Twickenham. You must pop over to Twickenham. Next time you're there for the rugby, pop in. You know, you can spend the night and then you could go go to the rugby the next day. And that, But, you know, you could do a sleepover. I've got bunk, bunk beds. And uh, you can do top bunk. I'll do bottom bunk. And we do it like that. It's cool, isn't it? You know, the show that works together, sleeps together. You know, that's the way it works. I mean, come on, for goodness sake, honestly. Let's make this life a little bit of fun. But it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that there's all these burgers. Perhaps there's too many posh burgers. Perhaps there's too many posh burger places. And, and you're not, But, I mean, perhaps you need to combine the milkshakes of Byron with the burgers from Five Guys and take it on from there. I like the, a, a cheeseburger I love. I love a cheese, but I do like a proper burger. Proper burger. I'm not bothered, strangely enough, I'm not bothered about the bun. I could leave the bun quite easily. You could just put me a piece of tomato on a plate. I'm quite happy with that. And um, I like a little bit of sauce, but not not a lot of sauce. And chips. I like double-cooked chips. Double-cooked chips are like, woo! Heaven. So anyway, woman goes to Brixton yesterday. Not any woman. Meghan Markle goes to Brixton. Who in their right mind in the royal family go, let's send Harry and Meghan out... And where can we send them? We can send them to Knightsbridge, because it's down the road. They could go to Kensington. They could go to Richmond, Royal Connections. They could go to Twickenham, just down the road. They could pop in and see me. No, we're going to send them to Brixton. Now, I hope I'm not being incredibly naive. I'm assuming they're only sending her to Brixton because they're trying to get the younger vote. And they're trying to prove that the royal family are in touch with young people. And in Brixton, it's going to be young black people. And so they take her to a young radio station and she's pictured with the headphones on. I thought it was incredibly patronising, but that's just me. That's just me. That's what I thought about it. I thought she could go anywhere, but they're quite definitely trying to sort of go, oh, young people are really in, in touch with them because they flew, you know, economy in the plane. Well, they didn't. They didn't. They flew economy in the plane with... Empty seats all the way around them, so you couldn't actually get to them. And then the next minute is they're going out to Brixton. Now, you know, presumably they went there because they're going, she's mixed race. She's obviously said to them in the royal family, this is going to get me into dreadful trouble. How many black people work for the royal family? And the answer is not very many. They do not have a contingent of people who work there. It's very much a white organisation. On the odd occasions, they've had somebody of colour in there. They make such a big brouhaha about it. You begin to wonder whether or not they've got their own PR going on. And they have. How many, how many black people are working for Prince Charles? That's what I'd like to know. That'll be the question that the papers will be asking. Because otherwise, you're patronising her by going, oh, w- would you feel happier if you went to talk to some other people you've got something in common with? Because you've got nothing in common with this family. And Whittacombe put it a little bit stronger. I didn't, because I feel a bit sorry for her. She's going to be out on a limb. She's really out on a limb. She thinks that you can go out. They, they said the other day she was, um, she was pushing the boundaries because she didn't do her hair properly. She just tied it back. And they went, oh, that's obviously pushing, pushing the boundaries. No, it's basically the royal family going, well, not really. Because they don't know how to deal with ordinary people. They really don't. They have no idea what life is like in the real world. So, you know, you remember when they sent William and Kate and they went to a radio station that they thought was in, in touch with younger people. You know, and, and that's what they're doing to try and go, oh, look, you know, they're royals. They're just like you. No, they're not. You try going up to their front door and knocking on it. You won't get within 500 yards of it. I'm promising you. They've got security down there. They don't want to meet you. They don't want to talk to you unless it's part of a PR exercise. You know, and they do it very well. Don't get me wrong. But I just thought sending Meghan Markle to, you know, to Brixton was just a wee bit patronising. And there was one woman in the crowd burst into tears. 
burst into tears. Oh, I love you, I love you. I thought, keep her well away. She's mad as a broomstick. Don't people like that hanging around the royal family? Because they don't do that touchy-touchy. The only time they'll actually do it is if they go to New Zealand and they're rubbing noses or they're doing something else. I just, I just didn't think it was right. But they obviously think they're doing it right. And you can't tell them because they know the way that they're, they're doing it. You might think differently. In which case, you know, you're entitled to an opinion. Uh, there was the copper in the paper today, sacked. Um, he decided to disappear through part of his shift and go and get a kebab and eat a kebab. You know, very nice thing to do. But um, they, they couldn't find him. He disconnected his radio. He ended up on a, like an industrial estate to eat his kebab. And then he lied to the police when they asked him about it. He said he was writing up a report on something. And, uh, and they went, no, you weren't. You were eating a kebab, weren't you? And finally he admitted it. So they fired him. Must be one of the only jobs where you get fired for eating a kebab. But it wasn't just that. It was the fact that he lied about where he was. And so the, uh, the, the police decided that to dispense with him. So what's he going to do now? An ex-police officer with a stain on his record of eating a kebab whilst on shift. Um, also, guess how much Victoria Beckham spends on her makeup every day? How much do you think? I mean, I know you probably look at her and go, nothing. £1,200 a day on her makeup. That's what, you know, her skincare regime and everything else. She must be dredging the ageing, dreading the ageing process. It's going to hit her like a steamroller. <laughs> Head on. And they're going to go, oh my God, are those wrinkles? I turned on Big Brother's little bit on the side. I don't know why I happened to be awake for that. There was no logical reason why I should have been. And, um, and there was, uh, they had a panel of... Oh, da- um, Damon, and whatever his name is, anyway, a mad one, who, frankly, how he's still holding anything together is beyond me. Then they had um, Lady Colin Campbell. She's a bit peculiar, isn't she? And I thought we'd seen the last of her. Then they had some queen on the programme. God knows who he... I had no idea who he was. Not a clue. You might have to tell me. Because I was li- looking at him thinking, who are you? And then they had Katie Price. Well, dear God, what have you done to yourself, dear? She looked old, haggard, the wrong colour... False, a really wrong makeup for television. Really, really. You need to take some advice from Courtney Act, the drag queen who's on Celebrity Big Brother. You need to because she looks perfect, and it's a bloke. It's not a sex change. It's not a not a transvestite. He's just a drag queen. Uh, India Willoughby lying through her teeth again. I'm afraid you've got to get rid. You've got to get rid, to save her from herself because she's too stupid by half, and she's she's lying through her teeth. Oh, I've got I've got a fear of drag queens. You liar. You liar. Because there's loads of pictures on her Instagram of her with drag queens at Pride going great day out and all the rest of it. So you're a liar, dear. Playing the game, the public hates you. The people in the house hate you. Get rid of. Get rid of. I don't care whether she's transgender. She could be ten foot tall. It wouldn't make any difference to me. You either like somebody or you don't like them. And her, we don't like. And I'm universally uh, with everybody on that one. Totally agree, Steve, about the burgers. Uh... Why do they have to keep mucking about with things? Do you know, at one time, all we had was wimpies. You couldn't beat a wimpy with onions and a slice of cheese on the top of it. Or a bender. You know, I used to love a bender, but... I mean, all these wonderful... And so, now, it's so complicated. The gourmet company. It's like, you know, you get health food shops. What are you saying? The rest of the shops are unhealthy? No, of course not. Uh, can't abide those brioche rolls. They put gourmet burgers on. Old-fashioned bap for me, Steve. Yeah, except at the fun fairs where they're about three days out of date. They're terribly stale by the time you get to have the things, but you don't care, do you? Because they, they taste nice with, with onions. Uh, watched you at the, uh, the Hippodrome, says Naina. What I want to know is where'd you get the pink jacket from? God, you must be colour blind. hope they're not letting you drive. It was red. Bright, bright red. Pillar box, red. Traffic light, red. Couldn't have been any more red if it had tried. 
and they were made for me in um, in Thailand, surprisingly, where uh, Paul Savory uh, goes out to Thailand. Uh, he took one of my jackets with him, a jacket that I'd, I've just, just a normal jacket, and material. We said, how much material do you need? And it was two and a half metres. And the material was quite expensive. The making up of the jackets was not very expensive at all. So they came in at about 250 quid a jacket, I think. And I've got them in all different colours. As people who've been to the shows before will tell you, I've got red, green, silver, gold, black, blue, oh, and purple. So I've got seven, I think, in in total. And uh, I think the next show I might do it in green. Quite fancy a green jacket. It looked good in the red, though. I quite liked it, actually. I, I look quite good in it. Pretty sort of pretty sort of snazzy and show busy. It's on the LBC website. Please don't write and ask me where it is. I'm going to tell you now. You go to the LBC website, which is lbc.co.uk. Click on presenters, which is Steve Allen. OK, and then you click on that and then it will take you to the uh, to the videos and uh, you will find them on there. Steve Allen talks about, you know, reality shows and all the rest of it. And that's my show at the um, at the Hippodrome. I think it was that one there, was it? Yeah. Was that it there? Yeah. It's all on the same page. You you can't miss it, actually. And there's also Christian Slater's on there and, you know, really, really loads of things. And there's me crying as well. So you might as well get the whole thing over and done with. So lbc.co.uk. You get the whole show on there. Plus you get two little. Uh, have you seen it? Have you seen? Yeah, you just watch it. It's good. Yeah, it's, yeah watch it. Just watch, watch the two little clips first. If you like the little clips, one about going to the toilet and uh, which even I can make sound funny. As we know, <laughs> except probably the truth, but we might do that on the next show and <laughs> or not. And uh, and then me <clears throat> getting a bit emotional talking at the end of the show about, you know, how how much money people had raised. I mean, from that one show, we raised thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds, which was all due to you for buying a ticket to come along. I think tonight. Nigel Farage is down there. He's got his one-man show. And then you'll better probably see the uh, the DVD of that or the, the, the video of that one. But I'm, I always cry when I talk about, you know, what the money goes to. And you don't script it. You don't work out in advance what you're going to talk about. I just told people that I'd been down to this house, uh, which is deep in the countryside. And it, you won't have heard of the charity. You will have done. Now Now you've you've donated lots of money to it because we featured it on the programme. And they look after children, children who are very ill, and whose parents need a bit of a rest, a little bit of a rest. And it's just, it does the most marvellous work. And some of these children don't make it out of the other side. And that's when you're talking to an audience of people who are hanging on every word and you're explaining to them that, you know, what you're doing, you're, you'll never meet these children. You'll never know who they are, but their parents will thank you. And we thank you and I thank you for, for helping to make life a little bit easier. It can never be easy to lose a child. And all the way through this house, it's a big house, but just with two separate flats in it. And they've got a hydro pool and all sorts of things. And they've got butterflies. And each butterfly signifies a child who has died. And when you're dealing with something like that, and anybody listening who works in the NHS or who works in hospices, you know, to lose anybody is a tragedy. To lose a child is, I think, almost worse because it's somebody who has, who has never had the opportunity to have a life. Some of them are, you know, battle-scarred and they've had operations. And there was one, one little chap who wants to be a pilot, but he's having so many operations. I mean, there is no chance that he's going to be a pilot. He's, he's deteriorating 
in a in a wheelchair, but he doesn't know that. He just thinks this is part of the, the operation thing. So that's what your money goes to. It goes towards making time a little bit better for the for the parents. And that's why it was a special night. It was a special night because you all came together. Special night because there were a lot of um, a lot of fans of the programme, which is always quite nice. And you're you're always very generous. So that's what we appreciate. So you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, click on presenters, Steve Allen, and you'll see the uh, the videos. I call them. I still call them videos on there. Let's call them videos because that's what they do. They do the video editing and they've been cut down. And uh, But definitely, Nana, the jacket is red, I promise you. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. OK, just straight out for the burger place. I'll put that in the diary for next week. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, OK. I won't be, of course. You know, we don't do anything like that. But you have to let them believe that we might want to do things like that. Anyway, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Wednesday, the 10th of January. Not as cold outside today, but yesterday was murky. Murky days. I don't like murky. Oh, and it's, uh, it's trains off again. But as I said last time, fingers crossed, I didn't get any disruption at all. So it's today and Friday. Today's Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, today and Friday. But as I say, it hasn't made any impact on me, mind you, having said that, you watch. They'll go, find out what, what train he's on, cancel it. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, Steve, uh, one fast food chain you forgot about is Ed's Diner. All around the place, butterscotch milkshake with vanilla ice cream, says Martin. Yes, I forgot about Ed's Diner. It's only because they've actually been around for, for ages and, and ages. And, uh, and I like Ed's Diner. They're just a bit small. I want a bigger one. But, I, you know, I, I, I quite like it. But it just didn't, it didn't feature. Did not feature for some strange reason. Uh, Miriam went to Five Guys in Uxbridge. While that, two burgers and chips, a milkshake and a Coke, 34 quid. Yes, I, I can believe that. I can believe. See, the trouble is, I think God of the days, as you probably all realised, uh, uh, are sort of burgers cheap food. They're not. If you want to buy a proper burger made with proper Aberdeen Angus beef, and co- sorry, I was making my mouth water, and cooked to your specification, you're going to pay for it. I bet David Emanuel's paid for it on a few occasions. David, good morning. You're up early. Good grief are you up early. Blimey. Loads of pictures on the television of Meghan in Brixton. Harry sitting there looking like the spare part. Looking like... And then Harry's... He's going to go back and say something to his brother like, I went to Brixton. We had to do this thing with the with the five knuckles and everything else. The trouble is you can tell Harry is a bit lovesick every time he sees it. He hasn't grown up at all. In fact, of anything, he's regressed. He seems to have gone back to being a 15-year-old boy. And so they're all going, oh, it's great, Megan came down here. This is all, this is spin-doctoring. It's to make them, you know, appeal to the younger generation because there are the old generation in the royal family and then there's the young generation in the royal family. And they're, and they're just like you, remember, although they're not. You know, if you run towards them going, I love you, you're going to be knocked to the ground by a security person. It's as simple as that, because they just don't know what's going on. But Harry, you know, growing a beard doesn't make you an adult, I'm afraid. And that hair's falling out, isn't it? Poor old soul. But Meghan is sort of, you know, she's probably really, this is probably the most publicity she's ever had in her entire life. So as I said, you, you go from being ordinary person, average actress, very average. Uh, she's knocked all her social media out, Twitter, Facebook, every, it's all gone. All that's gone out because they don't want anybody trolling her. And um, and so now she enters the royal family. How long it lasts, I don't know. It's a difficult family to be with. You know that the ones who come in from outside of the royal family, they don't last. They really, And the reason they don't last is because you're entering a different regime. You have no idea. You know, even the children, even the children and the grandchildren, if the Queen walks into a room, they stand up and they drop their heads. 
That's how they work. There's none of this. Hi, Gran. They don't do that. They don't do it. It's a, it's a different regime. So if she thinks she's going to change the royal family, the courtiers will be telling her differently. You know, she might be given a few flowers and everything else. There's, there's the mad woman. There's the mad woman. <laughs> she's quite mad. She's the one who burst into tears. What for? You don't know her. Why would you burst into tears? It's just, but, of course, Harry's now getting no publicity out of this at all. The whole papers today are all Meghan Markle. In fact, he might as well not have bothered, really. Uh, Steve, the wee story, says Naina, is, uh, is very good. Thank you. And uh, Bruno says, uh, loved the jacket too. And uh, I was unable to get tickets, but it was just what I thought. Fantastic. Just come back from uh, Japan. Time difference, hard to deal with. Even so, I've worked as a flight attendant for 20 years. I remember the Hippodrome when it was a gay disco. Only on one night, only on Monday nights, was the Hippodrome ever gay. The rest of the time, it was... Uh, it was very freaky. Uh, Steve and uh, Ollie Murs admitted a fling with Melanie Sykes, but it wasn't the thing that the paper said it was. It really wasn't. You said it wasn't true, or did he cheat on your co-worker? No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. No, not at all. No, not at all. And uh, no, it, it wasn't the big relationship that they actually said. Uh, original Patty Men and Siren Craft Burger Place in Birmingham, Best Burger Place. The Wimpy Bar first opened in Ealing in 63. Wimpy and Chips followed by a brown derby, says Nigel. Uh, Wimpy and Chips, I, I, you couldn't beat. Seriously. Cold winter's evening. I told you, I used to work in, in Reading for Helis, which was uh, the John Lewis partnership. And uh, we, when we used to walk back to the car park, me and Dave Maskell, we'd walk back to the car park to his van and we'd stop off at the Wimpy Bar on a Friday evening. Only, only, the, only the once. We didn't do it every day of the week. We couldn't afford it for some reason, uh, even though it was only about 20 quid a week. And we'd buy a wimpy and chi- cheeseburger and chips, or sometimes you'd go two cheeseburgers. Oh, I tell you, that was happy days. Very happy. On a cold evening where, you know, you think, oh, I could just go a wimpy and chips. So we did. We did. Paid my tax bill yesterday, but won on the lottery, £2.60. Yvonne says I'm going to Aruba. <laughs> I like the idea, actually. I like the idea of uh, of paying your tax bill. Why have you paid your tax bill now? It's not due till the night, uh, till the uh, the end of the month. I'm not paying it till the end of the month. I shall pay it a few days just before. I shall pay it on the day that we get paid, and uh, and I shall pay all of it. Well, I should pay all of the tax bill due for for uh, for January. Uh, Bunny says uh, breaking news. I spend a lot of my waking hours crocheting. I'm in a worldwide internet crocheting group. Three thousand of us. Good God. Uh, no one can crochet and watch TV at the same time, so we're radio gals. But guess whose name came up? The 4am spike is full of women holding a crochet hook. One woman overseas says you were off your trolley. I defended you. Don't think she gets the British sense of humour. Two of my worlds have collided. Oh, most people don't get the British sense of humour. Even Polish people don't get the British sense of humour. You know, irony and sarcasm doesn't go down uh, doesn't go down at all well very interesting uh, see at christmas we have top side of beef when i was a child we had that every sunday says tony at westgate top side of beef i can't remember if i've ever had top side of beef i suppose i must have done it at some point i don't know i never thought about it actually we just sort of went oh we've actually got sunday lunch and uh, be delighted no i'm still not shopping at marks and spencers um, my my crusade is is going alone i'm alone on this one but it uh, makes me happy i'm not going to be treated badly by anybody and uh, i've always said on this program in all the years that if you get bad service you you vote with your feet you get out you go somewhere else you know i couldn't care less you know 
what what they think. They, they, as I say, they don't care about me. I'm just one little lone voice in the wilderness complaining about bad service. And, and I will not put up with bad service. I don't pay good money that I've earned to be treated badly. So, pff, end of. Thank you very much indeed. I shall I take my business elsewhere. So far in, uh, in Waitrose, I've had smiles and, um, and people automatically putting stuff in my bag. So... No trouble at all. No trouble at all. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC. I'm with you till seven every morning, Monday to Friday. I'm here Saturday morning, five till seven with uh, the best of and our in conversation programme. And then I'm with you on Sunday morning between five and seven with the Sunday papers. And then nine o'clock on Sunday evening. There's no end to it. Nine o'clock on Sunday evening for the repeat of In Conversation. And this week, one of the guests is going to be the fabulous Davina McCall. You're going to love the interview. It's, we, always have, we always have the nicest time. We always have the nicest time. In fact, actually, we always have nice times with all of the people for In Conversation. Two famous people come in and have a chat. And uh, still to come, we've got one which we've had to hold back because we're waiting for the film to be released. But LBC and its sister stations from Global, as you know, are bringing you a brand new event. It's the Global Awards. It'll reward the very best from the world of music, news and entertainment. One incredible night will feature live performances from Andrea Bocelli and Sam Smith. And you can have your say on who will win at the Global Awards too. You can cast your votes right now to get involved. Download the Global Player app or go to lbc.co.uk. The Global Awards coming on Thursday, the 1st of March 2018. So looking forward to that. Uh, Some more of your things. Steve, we still have a wimpy bar in Andover. It's not changed. Well, we had one in Twickenham up until a short while ago, but it's it sort of... It, I don't know why it didn't work. I can't, I've been in there a couple of times, but uh, they never taste the same. Do you think our tastes change over the years? Because when I've when I bought Wimpy's before, over the years, there's a certain taste to them. When I used to have them from this place, they didn't have the same taste of a Wimpy. And I wasn't sure whether or not you have to buy the stuff from Wimpy and it's a special burger. It's like, you know, I like bird's eye burgers because they've got onion in some of them and some of them don't have onion in and, and that I quite like. Uh, but I've not had those for a while because I won't fry anything at home. I'm actually quite good in so much as I think if I fry something, that's, that's going to be bad for me. And then I looked at this new oven thing the other day. This is one of these fast flash ovens. It's a bit like the halogen, except the lid. I know, I know, I know, I know. Except the lid lifts up and, and it stays up. It's, it's, it's on a hinge. And it looks like, oh, sorry. The boss doesn't. I haven't told him about it. I've, I've, best not to mention it at all, actually. I mean, I'm not going to buy it, but I keep looking at it because I keep demonstrating it in Costco. Every time I go in there, there's another demonstration. I've stood there watching, thinking, I quite like the look at this one, actually. And then I'll, no, Stephen, do not. You've got to go back to They phoned me from the hospital the other day. I've got to go back in again. I don't know why. I'm, I think I'm doing quite well, but they want to want to see me. And then we've got the eyes. And then we're, we've got to sort out the diabetes as well this year. It's just fitting it all in. You know, because, and, and you might think this is quite, you know, it's just a simple match, you book in a, an appointment. But the trouble is, if I say book in for, say, tomorrow at 8.30 to go to the hospital to have the burns looked at, and then all of a sudden my producer phones me today and goes, I've got an interview tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning. I've then got to cancel the hospital because I can't, you know, you, you cannot do both things. It's trying to fit it all in. So I could probably book the hospital in in the afternoon, which means if I don't have an interview, I've got to go all the way back home, then come all the way back in to the hospital. So it all gets very complicated. Uh, you're stirring the memory pool this morning, says Andy. 
In the late 60s, there was an independent little burger place stroke coffee bar in Mansfield. Unfortunately, I was on four quid a week and had a Lambretta to run, so it was a rare treat. Well, we used to have a coffee shop in uh, Newbury in Berkshire, and we would go there after school because they did a milkshake. Uh, or failing that, you had a cup of coffee in a glass cup. Do you remember those ones? Glass cups. And that would be a coffee. And it was, it was a, we, we didn't know it at the time, but it was a coffee bar. We sort of, we, we just sort of accepted it for what it was. We didn't think, oh, this is part of history and we're going to be talking about this in years to come. I certainly didn't. But uh, you're quite right. It doesn't take much. Uh, Tony said, top side of beef for four to eat cost 25 quid. Oh, that was way too expensive for our family. We couldn't afford... We're working-class family. We couldn't afford anything like that at all. But we didn't starve. Don't get me wrong. We weren't sort of out there sort of begging and stealing. There was nothing like that. Uh, Kim says, totally with you regarding Harry and Meghan. It's obvious what they're doing, trying to keep us more proletariat. Yes. I mean, I just... I just thought it was a bit unnecessary. I mean, if, if she'd been anybody else... I mean, I don't remember Kate and William going to Brixton on a tour. Do you remember that one? It's almost like they've gone, wait, wait, where can we... Brixton? Let's send her to Brixton. So off she goes to Brixton. I just thought that was wrong. That's just me. That's just me. But uh, I watched you at the Hippodrome and adored it. I laughed and I enjoyed and I was genuinely moved. And you do suit red. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. But I do get emotional at times. Can't it? Perhaps that's what, what, what makes people radio presenters. If, if you're a good person at describing things or you get involved. And uh, I've got, you know, friends of mine in the business, you know, people who work within radio, they probably all think I'm mad as a broomstick. They really do. Because, you know, I get emotional about all the things that other people don't get emotional about. But there again, I'm doing a speech-based programme. Other people are doing music. And I bumped into um, a lady who works just around the corner. And she's got this cough at the moment. And she went, I've looked at myself in the mirror, Steve. She says, I look awful. I said, no, you look fine. It's just you can't do anything about the cough. Once you've got it, you've got it for two and a half weeks. And you've just got to go through. I said, what you need is some manuka honey and some turmeric. Go to a supermarket, get a little packet of turmeric and put like a quarter of a teaspoonful in it. It doesn't taste great, but turmeric, believe you me, can help a lot. But once the cough is there, you've got it. You might as well just let it work its way through because at the end of the day, you you get through everything. Throat sprays. For me on this programme, it was, as you remember, a nightmare. And the same last year. So this year I've decided it's not going to be happening again. Uh, Marilyn says, I cut onion and tomatoes and then put a couple of fresh burgers on top and bake in the oven. Oh, that's quite nice. Uh, Eva's heard a story about Joe Swash. I shouldn't think so. I I mean, I don't know. I've not heard anything in the business and I know people who are working on on, uh, different programmes. Sometimes they actually change the the casting. That's always very, very good to change the casting and keep a programme fresh. I I just didn't... I never understand it when they use Joe Swash. I've got no idea why. It's just that he's sort of... I just don't... I think he sort of thinks he's got a job for life popping up on different programmes, but he's neither funny nor interesting. He's just like, oh, you funny little voice and all this kind of thing. I've decided you've got to have a funny little voice, and perhaps that's why I'm still working. Uh, Driver Phil says, join the spike in a truck stop near Solihull, heading to London. Because we are the boys of the convoy trucking through the night. Do you remember that one? Convoy. And then you used to get all these, these lorry driver adverts. You know, lorry drivers eat Yorkies. No, they don't. No, they don't. It's like North Sea fishermen don't use Neutrogena hand cream. Of course they don't. They're fishing. Oh, have you got some hand cream, love? Oh, look, let's go and catch some fish. And then there were two, uh, two travellers fighting in a car park the other day. Did you read about that one in, in Hemel Hempstead or something? And you think, what a sad existence they have. What is it? And why are they all overweight? 
Why are they all overweight? These people, fat, bloated, and they were fighting for about 50 minutes until the other one sort of get, you'd been punched in the face and gave up. A little bit sad, really. Um, uh, David Emmanuel said that there should be a clause in your new contract about no halogen ovens. Yeah, but David, what would I have to talk about? What would I have to talk about? I've got to have another accident this year. I think that's in the contract. Have another accident, something to talk about. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified the next one is falling downstairs. I've just got a thing about falling downstairs. But uh, I shall do my best. I shall do my best. So, or portable oven, says David, of any kind. Thank you. Uh, Phil, the tanker driver, is going to be at Brent Council Buildings by 6am. All offers of food and hot drink gratefully accepted. I don't think I could ever drive a, a lorry. I did say one time I'd like to drive a bus. And I got loads of offers from companies saying, we'll, 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 we'll teach you to drive a bus or a coach or something like that. And I suddenly thought, I'm going to be rubbish. I'm going to be absolute rubbish. I'd be the one. I was talking to Dan the other day, who used to drive buses, and then went back the other day, just a sort of couple of days. And, um, and I said, I'd be the one. You see somebody <laughs> running for the bus, you just pull away. I'd have to go. Sorry, I didn't see you. I'd, I'd be very cruel, I'm afraid. <laughs> very cruel. Uh, another one here says, I have fond memories of the burgers I used to buy at Stamford Bridge. It's a football ground. It's, I have heard of Stamford Bridge. For goodness sake, Nigel. Honestly, where do you think I've been? Under a stone for the past 15 years. And uh, in the 70s, they were boiled in fat and tasted of goodness knows what, but they were great. Actually, down at the Barmy Arms, when they do rugby, they, they cook them in beer. They cook them in beer. They're, they're sort of sitting in beer, and then they sort of throw them on the bar, and people love them. Cheeseburgers. Oh, I'll tell you. There's something about a cold, damp day when you've got a burger in one hand. I was tempted to say, and a pint in the other, but I don't do pints. So it would have to be sort of a glass of Prosecco or something like that. I'm rubbish in pubs. I'd say, seriously, you'd be avoiding me like the plague. Uh, Claire says, we here on Canvey, this is Canvey Island, have a little choice in shop. Sainsbury's is rubbish, but we're lucky to have a car. So we go to Morrison's. The car won't pass the MOT, so we'll be carless and can't afford a taxi. I'm housebound. I'll have to uh, to learn online shopping. Oh, it's easy. Easy peasy. At almost 65, that'll be difficult as I worry about doing it wrong and ending up with a ton of sprouts, which we love. Well, there you go. Can't complain about a ton of sprouts, can you? But no, it's, it's very easy. You have to get used to sometimes they don't have the things that you want and you, you get a substitute. You get a sub, But a friend of mine does it and it's, he, he, he loves online shopping. In fact, I don't think he's actually walked around a supermarket in ages and ages. Uh, I had a red jacket, Steve. My mates used to joke I got a job at Butlin, says Graham. Poor soul, honestly. What a dreadful thing. And uh, Steve, in the mid-1970s, says Ron, us South London Teds, Used to meet up on Saturday noon at the Silver Bar in the Old Bentles, which also had the Soda Bar next to it. Uh, uh, then on to the Cambridge Arms for the Saturday 50s night. Great memories. You see, it's funny, isn't it, that you look around the places. I used to work in Richmond at a place called The Castle, which was owned by a company called Goodshoes. And it was The, the Castle, Cheeky Pete's on one side and Brolly's, uh, a bigger ballroom thing on the other side. And they used to have live bands in there sometimes. And, uh, and on a Saturday night, it was packed. There was nobody else around the area. Downstairs, there was a beer keller. And there were the bouncers. I still see some of the bouncers every so often. And, um, and that was good time. Now, I think it's owned by either Google or somebody like that. But I look at the building. The building looks exactly the same. It's just the inside has changed. And I've never actually never been brave enough to go into the inside. Sounds a bit daft, doesn't it? Go into the inside and go, excuse me, I used to work here years ago when it was a discotheque. They're going to look at me like I was mad as a broomstick. But um, it's, it's quite nice. And you do see places and you go. In fact, right next door to the castle, there's now a smile clinic where they do your teeth in different colours. 
white. And that used to be a cinema. That used to be a cinema. And so you think, all these, all these places change, don't they? Places change. You see a lot of pubs which have been turned into uh, gastro restaurants or failing that turned into flats or houses. All these, all these places being converted. So whenever you've got an area... You should you should go and check it all out and, and get local history books out and do something. I've got books of history and photographs of Twickenham, of what it used to look like, uh, you know, basically a few years back. And it was it was amazing, really. And I like to point things out to people. I'm a bit of a not a tour guide. That makes it sound a bit flash. But I like to sort of say to somebody this here, you know, is because of this and this was here and that was there and all the rest of it. And people go, wow, aren't you interesting, if not a little bit dull? Uh, I recently met a beekeeper, says John. He said not to consume nuka honey, it's too strong. Oh, well, ignore him, he's an idiot. The man's a complete and utter idiot. Uh, also, if it comes from New Zealand, and most of it on the market, obviously, is fake. No, are you mad or something? Are you on drugs or something? Manuka honey, it's got special things on. You can only buy it in special places. Can't just go and buy it on a market stall, matey. But uh, your, your, your beekeeper, I suspect, is, is having a laugh at your expense. But it says it can be used for burns and wounds, but only with medical advice. Yes. Well, you can only get it through medical things. They do a special manuka honey for burns. You're on medication, aren't you, John? You're definitely on something. You spoke to a beekeeper who said it's fake. It can only, manuka honey can only come from New Zealand. It can't come from anywhere else. It can only come from New Zealand. And it's all banded. And, oh, God, no, it's so expensive. Way out of your, your price bracket, John. Way out of your, your price bracket. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Steve, it's the Royal Advisors who are a bit out of touch. I hope they don't revive It's a Knockout. Oh, God, we all hope that one, don't we? No, they won't revive that. That was poor old Prince Edward. That was going through his sort of campy, campy phase where it was just it was just a disaster. Sarah Ferguson and Diana, because bearing in mind, they don't do anything, these people. They don't have anything to do. There's nothing, you know. So in other words, they said, oh, Meghan bought, bought the Queen a present. Apparently she doubled up in laughter. Well, who actually leaked that to us? Nobody. Nobody. They don't tell you what goes on. And it was apparently a hamster that sings, you know. I don't know whether or not that's cruelty to hamsters or not, but apparently the Queen thought it was hilarious. And because they, because they buy silly presents, they don't buy each other jewellery. You know, I bought you a set of diamond earrings. They don't do stuff like that. That's why she's going to find it very difficult. She's going to find out that Harry doesn't spend any money on clothes at all. He's had the same clothes for donkey's years. That's why we st- still keep seeing the same blue suit because he doesn't go out and buy things because they don't have anything like that. Wills was telling this uh, this youth radio station how he and Kate secretly text in song requests. No, you don't. OK? Oh, God, honestly. The, the the changing of the royal family. I find it quite interesting, actually. I find it very interesting. But I just thought, I just thought Meghan, you know, going to Brixton, hello? You know, I, I just didn't, I didn't quite get it. I understand the thought behind it to make it look as though she's sort of in touch with all these people. She's not in touch with anybody. She's an actress who was in one thing called Suits and she did a little stint as a game show hostess. That's it. That's it. And she wears a £56,000 dress. Although yesterday she was wearing a Marks and Spencer's jumper. So did she go out and buy it? No, probably somebody... I think we've got an old jumper. Harry, have you got some old jumpers? Here's one. Put this one. Yeah. (laughs) I bet they put her jumper in a bag for her. Steve Allen, definitely not. Actually, to be honest with you, they do in the the, the clothing department. Can I have a bag, please? And they put it in the clothing department. It's only a couple of people in Marks and Spencer's with attitude... That will knock out of you very quickly. We don't want people like that working within the company. Thank you very much. I might actually go and buy Marks and Spencer's shares. Can you buy Marks and Spencer's shares? I might go in there and play the I'm a shareholder routine. See how that goes. But I really don't want to go back in there again. I've decided. 
I've decided. I've had enough now. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Seven minutes to five. It's Wednesday. Already it's Wednesday. Already it's Wednesday. Come on, wakey-wakey. I might get the car cleaned today, actually. What a showbiz rock and roll lifestyle I've got. Get the car. It's only because I looked at the back and I thought that if you go through puddles, you get dirt on the uh, on the sort of the back, whatever they call wheel arches, I don't know, something like that. Paul Simon Cowell has seen profits in his uh, uh, three firms drop 25 million and is warned the X Factor could be axed. Um, I don't think so. They haven't got anything else to put in its place, have they? Uh, India Willoughby suggests she's game-playing with her outrageous behaviour. It's not outrageous behaviour, it's just downright rudeness and ignorance. And frankly, the woman has no talent whatsoever. She might be able to read an auto-cue, and that's about as far as it goes. Obviously, they're not that bothered about her taking time off to go on the programme. Perhaps they're all going, see, that's what she's like. Uh, Mike Tyson wants a starring role as a toff in the Downton Abbey movie. I don't think so. I'm sorry. Convicted rapist? I think not. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, also, what was the other one? Um, oh, yes, the, the double amputee, Billy Monger, has returned to the track aiming for Formula One, which is uh, good. And the Manchester City starlet, whose name is Tosin Adarabayo. It's terribly complicated, some of these names. He splurged out 2.25 million on a mansion. He's 20 years old. 20 years old. Um, also, the amateur who took the iPhone shots of the Royal speaks on photos global attention. It's changed our lives. And a man's KFC chicken bucket hack goes viral. Ooh, you can't beat a KFC bucket, I promise you. And um, he's, he's found a way to get around paying for both fried chicken and a soda. And so what he does, he's standing at the soda fountain filling up a fried chicken bucket from KFC with a soft, clear drink. Since the photo was posted, it's gained over 51,000 retweets and 90,000 likes, which is very odd. Somebody said, this is, like, really, really smart. I mean, how much do you drink? I've never done that. They always go, and you can get free sort of fill-ups and all the rest of it, and it's just basically brazen. So he's not at a KFC. He's he's filling up, I think, from... um, from Burger King. I think he's filling up from Burger King, which is very interesting, isn't it? More of you takes and emails. What have we got this morning for you? Uh, John says, I told my psychiatrist to keep hearing voices. He says, I don't have a psychiatrist. Thank you. Old ones are the best. And uh, Ron says, oh, no, we've done that one, haven't we? I, just, I, thought, it, I thought it looked familiar. I just remember to keep. Five guys are opening up everywhere. There's one in King's Cross that I know of. There's also one in Liverpool, but then see opening up all around the city. People don't seem to be put off by the price. They're always really busy. Well, people don't. He says, as for me last night, I had a 14-ounce Angus steak, chips, peas, flat mushrooms, tomatoes, Jack Daniel's honey glaze sauce, six onion rings and an apple and raspberry 12-ounce, all for less than £14. And that was in a Weatherspoons in uh, Farringdon. Even cheaper out of the city. Oh, wow. Up here, says Kim, we do burgers deep-fried in batter. Oh, you don't need to tell me about deep-fried burgers. Oh, I've, I've, oh, I could eat one of those. But the trouble is, when you bite into it, the fat drips off. The nearest you get down here is a sausage and batter. But though I'm, I'm, I'm with you definitely on deep fried burgers. You don't need to, don't need to remind me of that. But I don't have it very often because I'm a diabetic, so I'm a good boy. Uh, the only problem with online shopping is the replacements are so random. A friend of mine ordered a chicken and instead got sent a side of salmon. Says Lucy. Well, seems like a good trade. Don't you think that's a good trade? You want chicken and you get salmon? I'd be all up for that one. And um, somebody says, you've done the right thing. 
switching to Waitrose. I just, I just decided, and it's, it's not sort of anything new because I know a lot of the staff in in M and S. I just, twice now, I've been treated badly. Twice, you know, somebody's just stood there staring at me like I'm some idiot, like I'm some bozo who's wandering off the street, and I've thought, you know, no. I'm absolutely not having it. I'm not having it. So uh, so I've switched. I've switched allegiance. I still go to them for some of my clothes and pants, uh, but not socks. If you remember, we gave up on the socks. I'd rather buy them in Costco, the Pringle socks, because the Marks and Spencer's socks, the quality went right down. So, you know, you go elsewhere for things. Uh, did you ever interview Danny LaRue? Says Martin. Uh, I didn't see any of his shows in Brick Lane. Uh, I've got... Um, uh, a friend of mine actually knows New Danny very, very well indeed. Uh, he could be a right pain in the rear end. You will find him on YouTube on, in, on LBC being interviewed by Sue Jameson, where it was, if, if, if we were ever naughty, this would be the case of being naughty. Sue Jameson was our entertainment correspondent. Lovely girl. And uh, she goes out to talk about Sunday opening at the theatres. And who should she encounter down there but Danny LaRue? And so she interviews Danny LaRue for LBC. And um, and she says during the course of this interview, she said, could it be said that you're just muscling in on the publicity? And Danny then becomes his very worst own enemy. He goes, my dear, I don't need the publicity. I'm a very big international star, which, of course, he was. It was just that he didn't like to be challenged on anything. As uh, as Barbara Windsor could probably tell you, Danny had a side to him that was sort of, after a few few drinks, he could be quite arch, and that's putting it politely. And um, and so, consequently, it then goes on, and, and he says, uh, he then basically, that the crowd are on his side and all this kind of thing. And she says, I merely ask you a question. They, the, the crowd applauded your ignorance, he says. And so she says, well, you know, and he starts, you know, making all these sort of, claims against her. You'll find it on YouTube. He actually does it better than I do. But uh, if it played on LBC once during that day, it played 20 or 30 times. It went out again and again and again and again. And it was very interesting. Coming up to the news at uh, five o'clock, the producer says he knows quite a bit about football. Well, he supports Crystal Palace. You have to. (laughs) Excuse me. You have to know a bit about football. Basically, that'll teach me. There's judgment from up above. He says, I've never heard of that Man City player who's bought the mansion. There's a, a real problem with how much young footballers get paid. This one, I think, is about £25,000 a week. That's £100,000 a month. That's over a million pounds a year. I mean, where is the motivation when they've got that much at such a young age? Well, he's bought this mansion. He's 20. He's not bright enough to know. He can only kick a football. So it'll be full of... I remember seeing a footballer's house once. It was all Versace. And, of course, all Versace looks tacky, looks cheap and tacky. Having little bits of Versace makes it look much classier. But they don't know that because they've got more money than sense. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Think of all those people stranded in Switzerland. Why? Because they've had the most incredible snowfall 39 inches of snow has fallen. They can't get out of the resorts. They can't go skiing because it's too dangerous. It might cause an avalanche. 39 inches of snow is a lot of snow, let me tell you. And so there's about 13,000 people trapped out there. I mean, it's great for the uh, for all the companies. They've got people going into the bars, and everything, but nobody can ski. There will be a few idiots, of course, who will try and get out there. But with 39 inches, you could be lost in the, in the snow. So not worth risking. Not worth risking. Uh, in the papers today, the top girls' grammar school that won't call pupils girls anymore. 
What are they? Old women or something? Well, what do you mean you won't call them girls anymore? Well, they call them young ladies. That sort of firefighters. Is that? I mean, I don't, I don't understand where these places are coming from when they start going. Oh, but we don't call people girls anymore. So if you've got little girls at home, they're not. They're not little girls at home. They're probably sort of you know young mothers in the making. Or something like that. Uh, Prosecco has popped champagne's bubble. More people drinking Prosecco than drinking champagne. Why? Because it's cheaper. It's cheaper. It tastes good. Why why should people sort of bother about it? Um, Also, uh, 20 minutes extra sleep could help you say no to cake. Is that because you can barely speak when you wake up and you go... And they go, you ready? Oh, God, I'm too tired. tired." I'll tell you what I had the other day. I was watching Robin's Nest. Okay, now I've watched a lot... I watch a lot of old box sets... And I was half asleep, and I heard this thing, and I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, how times have changed. How times have changed. At one point, they're in the kitchen of Robin's Nest, and um, and the man in there, and I can't remember his name now, he was the actor who played the kitchen hand, who only had one arm, but he, ha- he did have two arms, I promise you, in real life, he was just playing a part. And at one point, he said, they said, you're a little bit late in today, Albert, or whatever his name was. And he said, yes, he said, I was on the bus. And then he referred to the Pakistani bus conductor. And he said he'd obviously hurt his head because it was bandaged. And I thought, and people laughed at that. And I remember thinking, times they have a changed. Times they have a changed. Uh, there was one person on Loose Women the other day. Apparently she's a columnist, but as I say, you might not have read her. This is the one who I think recommended her husband go off with other people or something. And she said that she wouldn't, it wouldn't bother her. In fact, it didn't bother her seeing this picture of the little black boy wearing the H&M jumper. She said, I've got a mixed race child. She said, I wouldn't have any. I just saw a little boy in a jumper. With, you know, like a little cheeky monkey thing on it. And I remember thinking, but that's what we said yesterday. That's all people see. If you want to see something racist, you can see something racist, innit? You can go, oh, it's a little black boy in a, in a thing with the word monkey written on it. No, it's part of a series. And then I read it further and they said, well, that they weren't going to be doing that in America. I thought, ah, so they're still doing it here. You could still buy it online. Uh, but they've, so this, this poor little black boy is not going to get any work anymore now. So basically, they've done him out of a job. He was doing quite well. He was a, this, this, this columnist said, oh, you know, my, my kids are cheeky little monkeys. And I said that yesterday. I said, that's what people are. They're, you know, you cheeky little monkey, aren't you? That doesn't mean you cheeky little monkey because you look like a black person in the jungle. I mean, it's just stupid. As if anybody from H&M would deliberately go, let's see who we can inflame today. They don't think about that. It's only people who see it. And then you had people, somebody yesterday writing in saying, footballers suffer this. No, they don't. No, they don't. They might have done, but it's changed. It's changed completely in football. Nobody shouts stuff like that anymore. If you want to go back in time, you know, we all went round in sort of, you know, animal skins, clubbing people over the head. It's very rare, very, very rare at football, thankfully, because uh, it gets headlines when it does happen and, and, and people get into trouble for it. So they don't do it anymore. But it's when people sort of dig it up. You think, oh, God, you must spend your entire life walking around getting very worried. I mean, like in a recent Millwall match. You know, and I only bring it up because, you know, because I'm told about it because I don't know. I don't go to football matches. You know, people say, oh, I get somebody saying monkey as I walk down the street. Which street are you walking down? Where does this happen? We live in a multicultural, you know, age now where, you know, it's not such a big deal. There's also kick it out, which is the this is the uh, the uh, the association, the anti-racism in in football 
charity and uh, kick it out has urged the Football Association to act with urgency over this racist chanting during Millwall's championship match with Wolverhampton Wanderers on Boxing Day. Uh, football's equality includes... Although you can't do anything in football. They're so ineffective. So ineffective. You know, all they do is take take the fans out. That's what they should do. And just and just ban them. And just get kick them out. Put their photos up outside going, you're not coming in here again. Out. Out you go. But I should imagine if somebody wants to get in, they'll be able to get in. Because, you know, if you ban people, how easy is it to look at them and go, is that, is that, I don't know. They have to go to the police station on match day. Oh, right. And if they don't, they get arrested. Fantastic. There you go. Brilliant. Uh, Jackie says, I get my underwear from MS too. It does annoy me when they do packs in two different colours when I only want one and they never have my size. Yeah. Somebody says, have you ever had an apology from MS? I don't want an apology. I've not asked for an apology. It's not up to me to ask for an apology. It's up to the Marks and Spencer's management, you know, to actually, you know, sort of sort... They should know these things. They should know because somebody's going to mention it. Somebody from MS did tweet us the other day saying sorry, but I, I'm not interested in sorry. I want I want the management to go. This this person has been told this is what you do. This is the service that we offer at Marks and Spencers. I did say to the producer this morning, I might buy some MS shares and go and play that card and go. I'm a shareholder. I don't want to be spoken to like that. I'm sorry. I really don't. You know, I'm over the age of 50 a bit. And uh, and I think that we, we deserve a little bit better. When I worked in retail, I worked in retail, you know, we were told to go up. Don't just stand there staring at customers. Go up to them. Good morning, sir. Good morning, madam. Can I help you? And if they say, uh, no, we're just looking. You go, anything in particular I can guide you toward. That's what we did. The idea of a, being a salesman is you sell something. If you're standing behind the till at Marks and Spencer, you don't need to sell it. I'm buying it anyway. All I'm asking is I, I buy a bag and they put all the ladies put it in there except these two people. The ones with chips on their shoulder. And that's what you've got to stamp out. Because once you get attitude going in a shop, you get bad relations. And it's not, it's not good enough. It really isn't. You deserve better. Uh, did you meet or interview Marty Kane? Says Martin. No, no, that was a bit before my time. I did see her on the television. She became very good friends with Nina Mishkoff. Or as people used to call her, Miss Cow. Because they couldn't pronounce her name properly. But uh, no, she went on to do... Uh, whatever she did, you're a star superstar. I think it was that one. And she went over, she played Vegas, didn't she? And then she got cancer. Poor Marty. Who did I watch on the television the other day? I thought it was hilarious. I can't remember. I do like Sarah Millington. I do, is it Sarah Millington? Milligan. I do like her because she, there's just something funny. But I've said she can be quite rude. I didn't realise she does Rudy on stage. I'm a bit funny about Rudy on stage. Uh, somebody says you've done so much better switching to Waitrose. But, um, you know, it's it, it's a case of, you know, they're doing you a favour, says Bruno. Well, well they're not. I'm doing them the favour by shopping there. And as, as a customer, I should be valued. You know, I've always been loyal, as you all know, to M&S for years. But I just decided, no, twice, I'm not having it. I'm really not having it. This is just not good enough. You stand there and you think, why are you embarrassing me? I'm a customer. I'm a customer. Other people might not have taken it the same way, but uh, I did. I did. And then somebody else wrote in and went, well, why don't you pack your own bags? I don't pay Marks and Spencer's prices to pack my own bags, thank you very much indeed. As I say, when you buy any of their clothing, they put it in the bag. Quite normal. I mean, you know, if they think it's beneath them, well, go and bloody well work somewhere else then, thank you very much indeed. Oh, I couldn't do that. It's like being a road sweeper. Oh, it's beneath me to be a road sweeper. Is it really what you'd rather sit on the pavement? Begging. And as I keep saying, and I was, it was interesting earlier on at the beginning of the programme, and I said to Darren, you know, you don't find anybody begging 
or sleeping rough in any of the royal parks because they'd be kicked out immediately. You don't see them sleeping outside Buckingham Palace. You don't see them sleeping on Constitution Hill on Birdcage Walk. You don't see them sleeping outside Number 10 Downing Street. You don't see them anywhere. They keep them well away. So don't believe this codswallop you hear from the government about, oh, no, we think the homeless... No, because you don't have them anywhere near your properties, do you? I'm quite sure if somebody slept outside members of the government's private houses, they'd have the police round immediately. They'd be turfed out. Don't find anybody sleeping near Windsor Castle, do you? They might be in a couple of bus shelters. In fact, you don't see that many people down there anyway. They're just daytime beggars. They're people who are begging for a living. Most of them have got houses. And as you heard with Darren this morning, lots of them go back to hostels. They're just beggars. They're just bone-blooming idle. You know, get them out there working. Always young people. Old people I could understand. Somebody who's fallen on hard times. But you're talking here about drunks. You want to hear the abuse that you get? Got any money, mate? Of course I haven't got any money. I work for it. I'm not going to give it to you. It's not going to solve the problem. Because if it solved the problem, they wouldn't be there the following day. But they're there the following day, the day after, the day after. And as you heard in Windsor the other day, they live in a council house. Local taxi firm says they run three of them back there. Ridiculous, isn't it? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, one here, Castle Richmond, Saturday evening. Uh, outing for best friend Viv, now 77 and me 79. When we're in our mid to late teens. Steve, this isn't just any attitude. This is Marks and Spencer's attitude. I suggest they take surly staff around to any self-service checkout to see the potential future of their jobs, says Fawn. Yeah, I mean, that's, we don't have any self-service tills where I am. They've got them in Richmond, but not in, not in Twickenham. But you're right. It's a case of, listen, if I was the manager, I would spot this. I would see this. I would see this. You know, that's what they're paid to do. They're supposed to be a cut above the average. But uh, apparently not in our one. Mind you, we had a, a case a while ago in Marks and Spencers of a manager and one of the people on the tills working a fiddle, if you please. I thought there was something odd about them. That was hushed up very quickly. But it's, it's just annoying. It's just annoying. You know, we, we should be getting good service. And the worse it gets, the worse it's going to get. And, it's, and it can only get worse. It'll just, it travels down. Because people go, I can get away with that. So he's like to put, put the food in the bag. What for? Because that's what I'm paying for. Because this is Marks and Spencer's. You know, you're supposed to be, you know, the second best supermarket. Well, I'm not seeing evidence of this with you. I mean, you know, it's just... Just ridiculous. It's so annoying. It really is. Uh, so Megan, 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 woman goes to Brixton. And uh, they say she wows the crowds. There weren't crowds of people out there. There was a few balmy people, but you always get those, don't you? Harry just looks as if he's sort of he's regressed back into himself and he's 15 again because he can't believe it. And uh, he didn't say very much at all. She did all the talking because she's an actress. You watch. This will go. This will go pear shaped. Somewhere along the line, it'll be a little bit embarrassing. Uh, also, uh, the Battle of the Britons, the UK star leading the nominations in the BAFTAs. I'm delighted that Joe Lumley is going to be doing it. She'll be brilliant. She'll be very, very good indeed. So uh, I like I like that idea. And uh, some woman here who uh, swindled 130,000 quid was spared prison. She blamed it on PMT. That's a new one. I hadn't heard of that one before. And, and she blamed it on booze as well. So booze and PMT. So they let her off jail. So she was allowed to thieve £130,000. Small wonder we're in the state we're in. Small wonder. 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. Kim says chips on their shoulder, Steve. More like whopping great fish suppers. 
It is awful, isn't it? It's young people you don't get this from, from the more mature staff in M&S. Perhaps I should recommend that the management don't employ young people anymore. Let's go for mature people. They, uh, they're far more nice about the whole thing. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. My friend Joel says, next time you're up north, Steve, I shall take you to Booth's. You'll be in heaven. So he sent me a picture of Booth's. Is it a supermarket or something? <laughs> is it a burger place? I don't know what it is. It's very big, isn't it? And, they, and, they've, and they've got parking, so that's all right. I could keep an eye on the car for the wheels. Um, yes, that sounds quite nice, actually. But I love the way you say, next time you're up north. I mean, that's not going to be happening any time soon, is it? Unless the weather improves vastly. I need that. I need the weather to improve vastly, because at the moment, this, this overcast, miserable, gloomy days makes you feel a bit... Doesn't it? You just, you just can't... A friend of mine said, he said, I'm going to buy you one of those lights, uh, which deals with um, sort of people who get sad. I said, I don't get sad. I don't get sad. I just sort of think to myself, you know, I think I'll stay in today and put the heating on, open a bottle of Prosecco and have, and have some comfort food. Uh, booze blamed on a woman who swindled 130,000. There's no other way to describe it. She swindled it. This is Caroline uh, Georgian, I think. She stole the money from her employers over a two-year period. That was a lot of PMT, wasn't it, dear? And booze. But the secretary was rumbled by chance when a colleague queried a payment while she was on holiday. The mum of two was working at the accountant's Plummer Parsons for ten years when she started stealing. She went on to make out cheques to herself, stealing a total of 133000 before a rogue payment was discovered in 2017. She comes from Seaford in East Sussex. She admitted theft and false accounting and said she'd been struggling with premenstrual tension at the time. That, that, so all these people struggling, like you're not the only one with premenstrual tension, are thieving from their companies, are they? No, just you, dear. Just you. But uh, she said she accepts she had a problem with depression and PMT and alcohol. I mean, it's just, it's just excuses, isn't it? It's an excuse to say that you thieve. Loads of other people have got problems with depression and alcohol. They don't thieve. Her dad died suddenly of liver cancer. They just throw it all in, don't they? Dad died. Anyway, her mother had to remortgage her own property to repay £108,000. I think you're a disgrace. So she was given a two-year prison sentence, suspended for two years. What's the, what, There's no deterrent now, is there, for anything? Thieve as much as you like and uh, just sort of chuck in a few, oh, you know, somebody died, the hamster died and the budgies committed suicide, throwing itself out of the cage and all this kind of stuff. And they go, oh, don't worry, we give you a suspended sentence. Awful. Steve, the best thing to do with bad service, says Jules, is to email the CEO of any company you have the complaint with, Google their name, easy to find, email. Within a day, you'll have a call back from that CEO's personal assistant to resolve the issue. See, the trouble is, I don't think there is a resolving of this issue. This is quite clearly a member of staff, or two members of staff, in M&S's case in, in Twickenham, uh, who have issues. As I say, I want to make, I want to check back their CCTV and find out, you know, do they pack everybody else's bags? Because uh, there could be a clear case here of discrimination. Could be a clear case, because otherwise I can't be the only one complaining, can I? Unless it's discrimination. So uh, that's it. Uh, somebody says, I was waiting uh, patient, patiently at Mos Morrison's kiosk customer service area to get a refund. When another customer arrived, the woman behind the counter tells me, single queue here. When I told her I was there first, she sort of rudely muttered, well, I didn't see you and serve the other customer. I wish I'd had the guts to slam my quiche face down on the counter and give it a thwack says Paula. We never do, do we? I did that once. There was a couple, a young couple, boy and a girl, and there were two queues. And so they were they were in each queue. Whichever queue moved quickest, then they sort of got there. 
And, uh, and then one of them thought that the queue was moving. So uh, her, her boyfriend's queue was moving quicker. So she moved over. So I moved forward. And then my queue got served. And she went, excuse me, I, th- I was there. I said, no, you weren't. You moved over queues. You went over to there. Well, I was queuing in that queue. I said, well, not now you're not. <laughs> Don't mess with the Allen. Oh, dear me. Uh, 84850. Steve, I hear you've really embraced Marks and Spencer's campaign. Spend it well. By going to Waitrose. Uh, Booth Supermarket is great. They have a really good store on the way to Southport, says Jimmy. Is it not a... I don't want to be taken there by, by my friend Joel. Is it, it's only in the north, is it? Is it just a supermarket? Oh, right. I thought it was, a, I thought it was taking me out for lunch or something. I thought I was getting a bit excited, going, I'm going to get some lunch out of this. And, uh, and it turns out not. That's a bit... I don't want to go wandering around a supermarket with Joel. How's that going to make me feel better about life? <laughs> And why are they only up north? Is there a reason for that? Is there a reason that they're only up north? We shall find out later, no doubt. Uh, Steve, I'm working uh, at a large supermarket right now. I agree with you. Plus, I'm laughing out loud at you, which is making some customers look at me as if I'm a bit strange, says Carl. Well, you might be a bit strange. Booth's Supermarket. Uh, People tell me about Booth's Supermarket. They say it's very nice. Yeah, but I don't want to wander around with my friend Joel. That's not my idea of fun. I'd also, I cannot wander around a supermarket with somebody else. If I'm going to wander around with somebody else, I'll either take Darren or I'll take Lynn or Helen. Oh, well, Helena, maybe not, because she does. She goes around with a shopping list. She's like a woman, you know, on, on a mission. She goes around up and down. She knows where everything is on all the aisles. Of course, Marks and Spencer's just to really annoy you, move everything every so often. All of a sudden, you go to where you think the bananas are. They've moved. It's now quiches. Ridiculous. Exactly the same at the Ealing M&S branch. So now I bring my own foil-lined bags and ask them to help me pack because they can't refuse. I might mention next time I go in that they've been criticised on the radio. Well, they haven't, no. They, they oh, here we go again. Um, you know, Booth's is... Very, oh, so Danny is now telling me that Booth's is very posh. Don't be ridiculous. How can it be posh if it's north of Watford? It's not, it's not physically possible. It's not physically... If it's north of Watford, it's, you know, it's whippet, flat caps... Park your disabled car outside, and, and that's what happens. I don't, I, the idea that it's posh is that, what's he? He says, I always take a Booth's carrier bag when I do the bit shop at Aldi. You take another bag into another... Oh, so you're really shopping at Aldi, but you want people to think that you're shopping at Booth's. Unfortunately, down here, Dan, we've got no idea what it is. I mean, what have they got that we haven't got down here, apart from bigger letters? Yeah, Booth's, I always thought, was, was gin, I didn't think it was anything else apart from that. But the very idea that Joel wants to take me around the supermarket. I've been in supermarkets. I'm having a look here. Oh, cardholders price. Save 10%. Welcome to Booth's country. Oh, Lord. Three. Oh, it looks quite... Oh, the producer thinks it looks quite posh, but there again, he doesn't get out very often. So you can shop online. Gifts, which is nice. And here we've got uh, Beyond the Banana. Use your peel. Oh, God's name is that? Very odd here. But uh, the latest news, how to supply food and drink. Our cheesemonger. Our cheesemonger. What does he do? Oh, he's got loads of cheeses and cheese recipes. Oh, it's very poor. See, so the trouble is, without being rude, I'm, I'm a southern Jesse. And up there, they think this this is posh. Oh, look, this is uh, this is Miriam. Miriam makes a, a shepherd's purse cheese. And Miss Mrs Kirkham's got Lancashire cheese. And uh, and we've got all sorts of people. Roasted golden beetroot. Like, we've never heard of this kind of thing before. This might be posh to you, let me tell you. We've had cooked beetroot for years down here. 
Dear me. We've even got people who would probably carry the bag to your car if you so desired. I like the idea of a cheesemonger. But I, I don't think that's posh. Mind you, see, posh is actually getting out of the bath up north to go to the toilet, isn't it? I mean, that, that, that's called posh. You know, you get out of the bath and all the rest of it. But booths, food and drink, you can log in and register. How many stores have they got? They've got a few. I bet they're up north. They're, they're all... There's nothing down here. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. We've got... Uh, oh, they've got loads. They've got Burnley, St Anne, uh, Windermere. That'll be nice in the middle of a lake. Uh, Yorkshire, Ilkley. Is that Bor- uh, Ilkley Moor Bartat? Uh, a place called Ripon, Settle, Hale Barnes, Knutsford, and Media City in Saltford. So they're all there's loads of them. Is it a private company then? I suppose it must be. They're all they're in the Yorkshire Dales and everything, and in the Forest of Boland. Imagine you're wandering through the Forest of Boland on your bicycle. All of a sudden they go, "There's a booth! I can't believe it." They're all over the place. There's, I mean, Clitheroe. Oh, I like Clitheroe. I've never been to Clitheroe, but I just like the sound of it. Like the sound of Clitheroe. What else have we got? Garstang. Nutsford is about as far south as, as they go. Poulton's nice, isn't it? And uh, somewhere called Scotforth in Lancashire. See, they've all got posh names. Down here, of course, we're obviously very backward. We just have Richmond, Knightsbridge, Chelsea. Places like that, you know. Really low, scuzzy areas. Not very exciting at all. <laughs> Still don't want to go. Can't make me go. I shan't go if I don't, if I don't want to. Whether or not Danny says it or whether or not... Um, Joel says it. I don't care. Uh, Steve, says Sandra, I used to use M&S in Canary Wharf every other Saturday when I picked up my daughter. Uh, I let the first absence of any communication go, but the next visit involved the cashier having a conversation with her colleague over my shoulder and a grunt for me when I asked her to validate my parking. I got that the other day, actually. I've just remembered. You've just reminded me. I was in Marks and Spencer's in Richmond, and I just put my bag down on the little counter and the woman was sort of sorting it through and putting it in the rear. And then one of her other colleagues came up and started talking to her about so-and-so was back at work. And they carry on this conversation. I felt like, say, excuse me, I'm a customer. What are you doing? How rude are you? I'm the, she's dealing with me. If you want to talk to her, get in the queue behind me and then wait. Don't start talking, you know, over me like I'm invisible. I should have said something. But I've discovered, you know, the, uh, the quality of staff is definitely slipping. Um, Joe in Acton says I never hear you mention Ty Nice anymore no because the boys sold it David and Vid sold it uh, ages ago ages ago uh, another one here Hubby's diabetic says Claire and uh, Celiac so very hard to get food for him as he's got a very sweet tooth oh right oh you can get loads of things loads of things uh, my other half uh, one here from Simon is from Sheffield I've had to southernise and educate him by taking him to Fortman Mason at least once a week we're slowly getting there. I know. The trouble is, it's, it's funny. Actually, you know, take him to the food hall at Harrods. That's nice. And the food hall at Selfridges. That's also nice. Uh, Steve. I have to read these things very carefully, just in case. Um, Steve, you won't get into booths without a tattoo. <laughs> Listen, my friends don't have tattoos. Well, I don't think so. I think Joel might have a tattoo. I don't think Danny's got a tattoo. I'm pretty, pretty certain he hasn't. Trying to think now, actually. That could be a disaster, couldn't it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 25 to 6. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Wednesday. Sorry, I don't know why I did that, actually. <laughs> Clapped my hands. Clapping myself. It's Wednesday, the 10th of January. Uh, Danny says, no tattoos over here. I think we'd need to see photographic evidence of that, uh, Danny. I'm not totally convinced. Here is a story. Here is a bizarre story. Uh, and it was brought to our attention... 
uh, by by a listener. Always like something. So we have to check it out, obviously. And it's the story of a man who drank 20 pints. I don't know how many of you would still be standing after 20 pints. He then strangled a police officer and bit another in a vicious assault, has walked free from court. This is a guy called Joseph Theobald, who comes from a place called Highworth. He carried out... that This, incidentally, is in a, a local paper. This is the Swindon Advertiser. OK, the Swindon Advertiser. Bear that in mind, the Swindon Advertiser. He carried out this brutal attack last July after officers were called to a wine bar in the town at around midnight. Complaints had been made about the 29-year-old threatening and shouting at his girlfriend, but before officers arrived... Theobald left, this is Joseph Theobald, and he went home. Prosecuting at Swindon Crown Court, Colin Meek told the court that officers were concerned about his girlfriend's welfare due to her also being drunk, so decided to take her home. Once they arrived, all the defendant was interested in was telling them to leave, Mr Meek said. His behaviour escalated very quickly and was more than what the officers are used to, so they switched on their body uh, cameras thing. They, they have these body-worn cameras. The court was shown the 16-minute footage in which Theobald shouted obscenities before shoving his partner. At this point, the officers attempted to can cuff him. Bearing in mind, he'd had 20 pints. This is in the Swindon Advertiser. However, in a violent rage, Theobald resisted and bit the arm of PC Baker. The officers pressed their emergency button. This is the one that, when they push it, any officer within distance will come there because that means an officer needs help. He was subsequently sprayed with CS spray, but it took no effect. In the footage shown to the court, Theobald also grabbed the throat of PC Diamond before putting his hands on her face. She screamed at him to stop. Mr Meek added at one stage the defendant takes hold of PC Diamond's throat and began strangling and throttling her, which is when you can hear PC Baker saying, ''Get off my colleague!'' She said she'd suffered the effects of the CS spray, was unable to breathe and said she believes their lives were in danger. The defendant was interviewed, didn't remember what happened, but was horrified by the footage. He appears to show genuine remorse and distress at what he was watching. However, that was the defendant giving all he could hurt these officers as much as he could. PC Diamond was off duty for four weeks as a result of her injuries, including whiplash muscle spasms and pain in her neck, which required physiotherapy. Along with PC Baker, the pair both suffered nightmares. PC Baker had bite marks up and down his arms. Theobald, who works at the Swindon Advertiser as a media sales executive and tutors primary school children in English and maths, pleaded guilty to one count of assault, thereby occasioning actual bodily harm, and one count of assault with intent to resist address. So, defending, uh, Sabrine Arif told the court, it's right for me to tell you this man of previously good character is thoroughly and deeply ashamed of his behaviour. After this incident, he clearly needs some advice and help about the amount of alcohol he had, so he's contacted an alcohol dependency service to start one-to-one counselling. He was always very honest and open with NewsQuest, owner of the Swindon Advertiser, and has been disciplined under the company's procedures and is on a final warning. It's completely out of character. He's on a final warning and it's on completely out of character incident and something that shocked him into attending SWADS, which is the Alcohol Dependency Service, to try and address the root cause of why he behaved in that manner. So uh, sentencing him, the judge, Robert Paulson, outlined the severity of the offence that after hearing mitigating circumstances and factors imposed a 14-month prison sentence, 
Suspended for two years. He said if there was an example of selflessness by officers, this would be it. Each of these police officers, and I say this having seen and heard the footage, conducted themselves with constant professionalism and commendable self-control, performing their duties to the highest standard. He said on a number of occasions that you were going to kill them. And given the way you were behaving, I'm not surprised they feared for their lives. I don't want to risk throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but your two victims deserve compensation. It won't undo what you did to them, and it might serve some recompense. So he's got to pay £2,000 to each police officer. In co- to be honest with you, if you thought you were about to lose your life by some maniac on 20 pints, you know, £2,000 is, is mere bagatelle. Here in Wiltshire, we are told... They have zero-tolerance approach to these types of incidents. Within Wiltshire, they also offer support to the staff through occupational health, uh, which is there to address physical and mental wellness. I mean, to be honest with you, when you go out to something like this, and then you ask yourself, why don't you see police officers out on the streets? Because they're terrified for their life. But he's still working for the Swindon advertiser who reported the story. But he's... And only tell us halfway through. But, I mean, they've, uh, he's on a final warning. I mean, Dick, what do you have to do nowadays? What do you have to do to be thrown out of a job? Can you imagine if I staggered in here in the morning? Highly unlikely. You know, having had, you know, 20 bottles of Prosecco, really highly unlikely, and started sort of wrestling the producer to the floor. Apart from the fact he's only got to sit on me and I'm winded immediately. So it's not going to... It just wouldn't happen. But this man does it and has no knowledge of what goes on. And as I say, you worry don't you, that people now thieve money, don't go to prison. You strangle a police, police officer, you, you walk free from court. What is the point of having courts? Why don't we just say, oh, don't worry about it, darling, I'm sure they'll be fine. They're police officers, they're used to dealing with people like you. But what, what worries me is that the spray that they used didn't, didn't have any effect on him. Why have they not got tasers? In America, of course, they give them guns. Perhaps we should arm the police over here, but I think you probably end up with more bodies piling up because of people like this. Because of people like this, a drunk, you know, who is not only working for the Swindon Advertiser, but features in the Swindon Advertiser and now features on Steve Allen's show on LBC. So I'm always grateful when people bring us stories like that because I, I worry, you know, if, if, you know, I know police officers and I know what they have to put themselves through. You wouldn't want to do it. Seriously, you know, you, you, all you see is the television programmes. These people are dealing with this on a daily basis. Drunks. Drunks. You know, people who are being served alcohol or getting hold of alcohol when they shouldn't be allowed anywhere near it. But thank you very much indeed for that. I'm led to believe it was a police officer who sent it in in the first place. Called Dave. We'll just leave it at Dave, OK? That covers a multitude of things. Thank you, Dave, very much indeed. Uh, somebody said, Jackie says, do you make a shopping list? No. I never make a shopping list. Uh, my friend does. Helena, she makes shopping lists all the time. When she goes to the supermarket, she's got a list. Of, she goes through her cupboard, like my mother used to do, and you go through and I think, I need turmeric, I need that, custard powder, blah, blah, and she writes it all down. Uh, I, don't, <clears throat> I don't. I'm taken by what's on the shelves, and the shelves of Waitrose are groaning of all sorts of things. I mean, they've got about 30 different types of pickled onions. How complete is my life? Fantastic. I love things like that. Uh, Steve, you should come to the Tesco I work at in Shoreditch. We don't even have a staffed checkout most of the time because of budget issues. We do like bagging people shopping, though. I'm a student, so I can't wait to get out of here when I graduate. Well, you see, but nobody looks as that, really, do they? they, they you know, people look at it as a part-time job. Uh, one here, that's uh, from Irene. She says, uh, also, uh, service terrible in MS, Low standards, no more quality. But it used to be. I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed to hear that the quality is not what it was because that's what we pay a premium for. 
You pay a premium to shop in Marks and Spencers because it's, it's better. But the other supermarkets are creeping up behind it. And if you get good, you know, I mean, happy staff, happy customers. You know, hello, be greeted. I always get that from certain girls, ladies who work in Marks. and can't call people girls now, can you? Uh, from cert- certain members of staff. Hello, how are you? Heard you this morning. That kind of thing. Too bad attitude staff. That's me gone. That is me gone. Um, if Marks and Spencers don't think they've got a problem, judging by the texts and emails we're getting this morning, you have a problem. You have a problem. You know, either it's the uh, it's the staff, either it's the management in there who aren't managing properly. I don't want to see management wandering around, stacking up shelves. I want to see them making sure that, you know, things are going well and that people are happy. Because that's, that's what it's supposed to be about. Uh, there's a Waitrose with a huge car park in Rains Park, says Linda. I don't know where Rains Park is, actually. South West London. I'm West London. I'm not allowed in South West London. Not in my car. Bad enough trying to get to booths. You know, with friends of mine telling me that, you know, they haven't got tattoos and booths. And they've got loads of branches. But I, I, I do like I do like a supermarket. It has to be said. If ever there was an addiction that I had, it's walking. I like looking at different things on the shelf. Seriously, I, I, I can spend ages looking around thinking, oh, look, they've got that. They did a Hellman's mayonnaise once with mustard in it, and it was quite delicious. And then all of a sudden they stopped doing it. They do that a lot of the time. Sometimes, Steve, you can let bad service and attitude go, and other times not. I've noticed a marked increase in shop staff, all ages engrossed in conversations with colleagues, uh, who make no effort whatsoever to engage with inquiring customers. I think it's we, we seem to have lost lost the will to do a service industry because the americans do it so much better so much better you will find people on american checkouts who will pack your bag and they will take it to your car if necessary because that's what they do they do a service industry we've just gone i'm not doing that why not beneath me you pack your own blooming bags and then people writing and going oh you should pack your own bags i don't shop it listen if i wanted to pack my own bag i'd get i mean even in iceland they'll put stuff in the bag for you you know, if I'm standing there holding loads of things, they put it in the bag. It's not complicated. It's like somebody just giving you a bag and not even having the, you know, the decency to open the bag up. Neither of these girls open the bag up. They just put the bag down. Like, how am I supposed to open a bag? Excuse me. I've got a hand here, which is bandaged up because of burns and it's a skin graft. And you expect me to sort of open bags and stuff. I can do stuff like that. But, you know, I'm hoping that they might actually have the intelligence, although I'm doubting it very much indeed, to actually do something like that. Uh, Steve, I'd rather have robots surfing, says Grace. Oh, I don't know where to go that far. Uh, another one here says, uh, funnily enough, I switched to Waitrose from M&S uh, for the same reasons as you did before Christmas. Just received my new loyalty card yesterday. Pleasantly surprised to see I get a free cup of tea or coffee per day. And my newspaper is free once I do a £10 shop. I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised by that. How is it the 10th of January already, says Jane? I don't, I don't know. This year it's going to go by. It's, you know, very soon, before we know what's happening, it's going to be Steve Allen's birthday. Usual bunting and cake and balloons and all that kind of... Never. Not for me, because I'm not here during the daytime. Unless I've got an interview to do. But, uh, so, and I always try and keep birthdays a little bit quiet. We don't want to talk about things like that. Uh, Steve, it's bad management, not training staff to ask customers if they want to pack their bag. Retailers need to learn... Uh, not just bleep your food through the till. I know, it's the fact they just put a bag down, didn't even bother opening it. It's like, I'm sorry, is that is that too much effort for you to do? What do you bother getting a job here for anyway? What are the criteria of employing somebody? That's what I want to know. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's LBC. It's nine minutes to six. Eric Clapton, Sir Eric Clapton, uh, admits he's going deaf. 
And, uh, and his hands, are, he's a bit worried about that. Nothing worse for a, a musician than going deaf. I mean, you can, have, you can wear hearing aids. It is possible nowadays to wear hearing aids. You can sort of hear things. But I know people worry about that a lot. Actually, somebody, who was it who said to me the other day? Oh, it might have been Davina McCall. I said, I keep falling over. Not falling over intentionally. Um, but if I'm putting socks on or pants or things like that, which one does occasionally, you know, sometimes on a weekly basis, and, uh, and, you, sort of, and you stand on one leg, it, it is possible. I have to lean up against something now. And she said, have you had your hearing checked? I said, pardon? She said, have you had your hearing checked? And I said, no, I haven't. She said, it could be that. It could be that. So anyway, there you go. Also, the cyclist who lost a wedding ring. You know, easily done, easily done. You know, you play around with the, the ring, don't you? And, you? and then all of a sudden it fell off. Anyway, he bumps into a family. He tells them about it and they go, we found it. What are the chances of something like that happening? What are the chances, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, Steve, uh, the bloke from the Swindon Advertiser walks free, but if you don't pay your television licence, you go to prison. Yeah, I think because what, what they've done in that case, and I'm not making an excuse, because he's admitted he's got a problem. He's on a final warning from the Swinton Advertiser, but uh, he, he's going to get some sort of therapy. I don't know anybody who can drink 20 pints. I wouldn't, uh, because I don't drink, well, actually, I might, be, I might do, but because I don't drink pints, it don't, and, you know, 20 pints seems like, is that a lot? Well, it's a lot, OK. Hence him not remembering anything. So because he's obviously agreed to go and get some sort of uh, help about it, that's what they've said. But he's on a... You can't have somebody working for a newspaper that throttles a police officer. I mean, that is just... That is just appalling. It really is. Uh, Steve. Uh, another one here. Uh, this is Fran in the New Forest and says here... This is, this is some drama queen. This is a real drama queen. When M&S closed down, you can be proud of having contributed by your continual criticism of them. Go away, you silly little drama queen. I mean, honestly, goodness sake. They're still very good. Well, they might be where you are. Dear. You're in the New Forest. Do you have one down there? The New Forest is full of very peculiar people. Don't be so negative. You'll find yourself aimed to shop in Primark. I know that you're, uh, you're a, a pretend text message. I've seen the other things that you've sent in, so I, I now know that uh, you're not real, are you, really? Even in your own life or your own world, you're not real. And uh, when they close down, God, if I thought I had that sort of power, how brilliant that would be. I'm all for that one, definitely. What's happened to our justice system, says Anne? The police go through so much and then, you know, the system lets them down. Sack these incompetent judges. The trouble is they're, they're just going by what the, what the rules say. Well, the rules say I think we should definitely sack Fran of the New Forest, which isn't her real name, of course, because it's a bloke writing. It's really somebody called George. Uh, somebody says, I just think that part of the interview process, because I work in a supermarket, but not on the checkouts, they should be put, uh, you know, they should put a candidate behind a till and observe how they interact with customers. Yeah, nowadays they don't. They literally take somebody. I mean, you see the most dreadfully dressed young people. They have no concept of customer service at all. And they stick them behind a till and then they learn how to do it just by trial and error. There's no, there's no nothing else at all. One minute they're stacking shelves. They can't even see if there's a queue at the till. So somebody on the till rings a bell and that hopefully works to bring other people down. But it doesn't always work. Uh, Steve, you can probably buy Marks and Spencer's shares online. That'll entitle you to attend the AGM. Oh, I'm going for that one. I'm going for that one, definitely. Because let's face it, when I close it down... <laughs> Close it down. See, George, you are silly, honestly. You really are. <laughs> so funny. We're all laughing at you, I'm afraid, as with you. Uh, 84850. You never see such bad attitude on supermarket sweeps, Steve. Yep. No excuses for a booze up on your birthday this year, Steve. It falls on a Saturday. Um, 
it doesn't make any difference, actually, what, what day my birthday falls on. It really, I promise you, it doesn't make any difference at all because I don't, I don't really do... I think the last time I did a birthday thing, we had the Hippodrome. They, uh, they gave us a room there and we had, I don't know, 70 to 100 people or something. And, and it was nice. We had a, a free bar. Fatal mistake. And uh, we had some food and everything. And people had a nice time. It was just an opportunity to chat. You know, nobody gets... When you get to a certain age, you don't really get that drunk. You can't be bothered, can you, really? Uh, the best waitress, Steve, is in Beaconsfield. The disabled spaces always has a Bentley or a Rolls parked there. You just know you're in the right place, says Simon. See, I like that idea. I like that idea. Uh, And also, this one here says, you would like booths. Very upmarket. First time I shopped there, my daughter said, this is the equivalent of Waitrose. Staff very friendly. And you're greeted with, uh, you're right. Is that her talk? (laughs) I don't do that. You're right. Hello, pet. How are you? We can't call people pet, can you? But it's local for, are you well? I like that idea. You should try one. Yeah, well, I, I would if there was one local. If they actually sort of came down here. It would be uh, it would be very nice, but they, they, you get certain supermarkets that only seem to work up north. Perhaps they get better staff. Perhaps they get better staff. Far be it from me to say that people are friendlier up north, but perhaps that's what it is actually. Um, the question in a few of the papers today, uh, they're finally picking up on what we've been doing for about the past three weeks. Is how did that jailed Brit? in Egypt, get hold of 290 tramadol tablets. Uh, she claims she got them from this woman. She doesn't want anything to do with it. She's distanced herself and said, I don't want to get involved in case I get hauled out there. Well, she can get hauled out there anyway. They, they can subpoena her and take her out to court in Egypt and she could find herself thrown in. Although, actually, she wasn't the one who took the tablets in there. She might have been the one who supplied them in the first place. But people are saying, how did she get hold of 300 tramadol? She apparently says she's been taking them for years, which seems very... Very unwise of a doctor to keep prescribing something. And so she's either saved up a load and then she just hands them over to somebody who wants tramadol. How does that happen? How does that happen? Somebody's not telling truth on this one. Somebody is is being a little bit economical with the truth. Um, As as with all the papers over the last uh, week or so, how I lost four stone with whoever it happens to be, tablets or an exercise DVD, which is very remote. Uh, Megan Mania, she goes to... Brixton and uh, wanders around. Hello, hello. It's the only, you know, sort of eventually we're going to be bored witless seeing her and Harry because Harry's sort of, it's, it's just, he seems to have lost his butchness. I don't know why. I can't work out why Harry's butchness has vanished. And uh, what am I doing here? Wait a minute. Uh, do you want to close that? Yes. There we go. And, um, and so he's out there. He just sort of stands at the back now, smiling in a sort of mindless kind of a way, whereas she sort of leads. I'm slightly disturbed by that because, as with all royal couples, she's supposed to walk behind him. And I know you might say that's a bit old-fashioned, but I promise you that's how it's supposed to be. Duke of Edinburgh has only ever seen the back of his wife. He's never seen her from the front. Uh, Steve, the weird thing is... That Joseph Theobald has written articles for the Swindon Advertiser since the time of his assault. Well, he's a salesman. Why would he be writing articles? Oh, he reviews he reviews beer. Good Lord, says Dave. Oh, right. So since the time of his assault, he's writing articles about booze. Oh dear, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. But there again, perhaps they're a bit more lenient, Dave, at the Swindon Advertiser than, uh, than other papers. Mind you, it's an occupational hazard in journalism. I promise you, I mean, you know, I, I know more people in journalism who booze heavy than anybody else, because that was part of it. You know, people went out. I remember when I, uh, strangely enough, when I uh, came to LBC for a job, the meeting was in the pub. 
And at the end of a, of, a, of, a, of a nice little session, I got the job. So it obviously works for some people. I think when you go too far, like uh, like Joseph, and you drink 20 pints and assault people, then uh, I think you've taken... And he's written articles. Oh, I think the Swinton advertiser should be apologising left, right and centre. But he's on a final warning. Perhaps how about no more articles on booze might be a little bit uh, more beneficial. Coming up very shortly, farewell to the gorilla with the cushiest life. He featured on the television at Longleat. Nico has died. He was the only one who had Sky News. He used to enjoy watching television. Uh, Faker Rio leads with his light. Remember Rio with the uh, the wife, girl, sorry, girlfriend, who uh, I've decided to opt out of show business. You can't shut her up at the moment. But um, it turns out that he said, I'm doing an exercise at five in the morning. Brilliant, brilliant sunshine outside. I don't know when he was doing it. Obviously telling fibs. India Willoughby, the most hated housemate, uh, judging by her rants about drag acts. And sort of she ran into the bedroom in tears. She's a bit of a bit of a drama queen, I'm afraid. Uh, Victoria Beckham spends over a thousand pounds a day on makeup. She can't do a thousand pounds, heavens above. Not even Danny LaRue spent that. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome along. It's Wednesday. If you, uh, if you feel that the, the week is going a bit quickly, you're dead right. It's going very fast. Two more days, we're back to the weekend again. And then before you know where you are, you'll be paid and you'll be going, whoa, fantastic money. And then you'll be going, oh, bills, not so good. Because bills start arriving in left, right and centre, don't they? Um, Marks and Spencer's cauliflower steak... And I thought it was something quite interesting. No, it's just a slice of cauliflower in a bag with a little pot of sauce that you cook it in. It's £2.50. A whole cauliflower is 70 pence in Marks and Spencers. Somebody somewhere is being royally ripped off. Uh, Do you shop at Byron, the burger place? Uh, We have lots of gourmet burgers. We have five guys. We've got more burger places than you can shake a burgering stick at. And uh, apparently... Uh, hundreds are burgered there. 20 restaurants are at the risk of closing. And I'm assuming that if they're closing, it's at the expense of somebody putting another one in. And Richmond, down the road from it, we don't have any of these places in Twickenham. We used to have um, a Wimpy. that We don't have a Wimpy anymore. We have places where you can probably get a burger. Um, and so now we're going to end up with the five guys in Richmond. And the Byron is just two, two uh, shops away from it. So what happens there, I've got no idea. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, yes, a thief who swallowed a £25,000 ring. He's in prison, so that's good. And uh, the Briton jailed in Dubai over the WhatsApp rant. I don't know why people bother going to Dubai. It doesn't seem a pleasant place at all. It seems absolutely ghastly. I can't quite work out. So he goes over there. This particular one uh, buys a car. £6,000. Why you go to Dubai anyway? He's over there. He's doing this thing. Blah, 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 blah. Buys the car. And within a very short space of time, it breaks down. So he, he writes on the internet how dreadful this place is because they don't want to help him. Next thing is people come round and arrest him. Obviously not allowed to do things like that in Dubai, where I believe... Is it Dubai that there are more nicked cars on sale? This is where they end up with. But, you know, cars go over there which have been nicked in this country or Saudi or places like that. And then they're redone again. They sort of... And before you know where we are, the things things were on sale. They did a huge programme on the television about the amount of stolen cars that pop up. Because if, if you're having a car nicked in this country, the chances are it's going to be sold abroad. It's not going to be sold here. And people sort of worry about it because they've got these uh, keyless things and then people have got these little things that they can you know, pick up on and so you can open somebody else's car. I mean, nobody can drive my car away without my key. You need my key. About You don't need to insert it into the car. You just need to have it on you. And so I could get out of my car with the engine running, walk a certain distance away. The car will turn itself off. 
It won't. Uh, it doesn't recognise. You will not be allowed. Very easy to clone them. Not my one. I tell you, you're fighting Steve Allen and pepper spray. Don't come anywhere near Steve Allen. Definitely not. Uh, Julian Assange could be kicked out of the embassy in a row over tweets. I think they've uh, they've put up with him for long enough now. But uh, an Ecuadorian foreign minister has now revealed she's seeking a third a third country or a personality to resolve the untenable situation. I think he's been there for God. How long has he been there now? Years and years and years. Five years at something. But anyway, they'd be glad to see the back of him. But uh, she says no solution will be achieved without international cooperation and cooperation of the UK. I mean, I've, I've lost the will to live on that one. He just, he's just moved in there. It's cost us millions, millions and millions to keep police outside there in case he leaves. Ridiculous, isn't it? Ridiculous. Steve, uh, the local M&S in Worksop is closing down. I've never heard of one closing down. An M&S closing... God, I've had more power on this programme this morning than I thought possible. That's my fault. George will be back with us on that one. That'll be the terrible one, isn't it? But in Chiswick, excellent service, Steve. You should come and visit. Lovely, helpful staff. However, it would be good for your hand to open the bag and pack plenty and pack. Plenty of flexibility, says uh, Jen. I don't do packing, darling. I'm way above that. I don't pay a premium to shop in Marks and Spencers to pack my own bags. You'll be telling me next I have to put the stuff in my trolley myself. No, no. I stand there crying. Could somebody reach the... That item there, please. No. Also, there's not enough choice in there. Uh, Steve, um, you've been in my bedroom for the past seven months, says Larry. And uh, my pet hate in supermarkets is when you're trying to avoid colds and the checkout operators cough into their hands and start to move your stuff. Oh, I never thought about that bit. Now you, now you put the cat among the pigeons. That's all we need now. You, you talking about people with coughs and colds and things like that. Some people are very funny about coughs and colds. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to uh, be sort of inflicted with things like that, do you? It's like when they were talking about uh, this, um, is it Australian flu, Aussie flu? And they go, oh, 750,000 people could die. You think, die from flu? Why aren't people getting the flu jab? There's loads of you eligible, probably for free, to get the flu jab. And yet people don't bother. I don't know why. I don't know why you would never want to sort of stop something like that happening. Uh, George uh, says this is the real George from Chandler's Ford. I only whinge about your Christmas lights. Oh, you can't have enough Christmas lights, as you know. Mind you, of course, if, if you decorated your little place, George, you know, people would think better of you. A bit more into the festive season, I think. He says, I love Waitrose in Chandler's Ford and shop there all the time. I'm concerned that you're confusing me with this imposter from the New Forest. Well, it's somebody writing as a woman, but it's really a man. We know that because I can click on to anything and I can see everybody's Twitter. And they're obviously a bit, a bit screwy, I'm afraid. I do get that, actually. Uh, not Dubai, Steve. Cyprus is the number one stolen car hotspot. No, it was definitely Dubai, I read. They didn't mention Cyprus at all. Cy- do you know what Cyprus is famous for? You won't believe this. More people driving without licences. And the other thing is more abandoned pets. People who go there, live there for a little while... Have, have a pet, leave, and leave the pet abandoned. Ask Nathan Morley. You, you tweet Nathan Morley and ask him about abandoned dogs and cats and things like that. But lots of people driving without licences. So there you go. He says, uh, people drive on the same side as us. Steve, never say your car can be stolen. My S-Class Mercedes. Oh, please, people are not still buying those, are they? Good heavens above, honestly. So last year. Uh, it was stolen off my drive when they scanned the key, which was in my bedroom. They simply drove off in it. It took 40 seconds. Well, put it this way, if they can clone my key, which is on me now, good luck. Good luck. Because you, you say that you were, you know, they scanned the key, which was in the bedroom. They can't scan mine. 
you definitely can't scan mine, I promise you. I promise you. If, if they can, then uh, good luck to them, because it's insured. So I'm not remotely bothered. I used to worry about things like that years ago. I used to worry about sort of people nicking the car, and I used to think, well, I'll just contact the insurance company and get another car. It's not, not difficult at all, is it? Still asking a question in the papers all these weeks later. How did the Brit jailed in Egypt get 290 tablets? Laura said former co-worker Donna Irving of Hull gave them to her after they chatted about her Egyptian boyfriend's bad back. I thought husband, dear. thought husband. Not legal, of course, over here. Uh, Donna has refused to comment, but brother Kim claimed he was there when Laura asked for the pills and she was trying to do a friend a favour. She said Donna, he said, sorry, Donna has done nothing wrong. Well, Donna gave her the tablets. She's been on painkillers since she was a girl. She's prescribed them. So she's got a spare 300, has she, that she just hands over to somebody else. Somebody's telling lies. Somebody's telling lies. Uh, they're banned in Egypt and Laura should never have taken them over there. End of story. But wait a minute. So she's got a friend who works in a shop. She knows she's married or going out with an Egyptian. Would you not know that they were banned over there? So she hands over nearly 300 tramadol. <laughs> we're not buying this. This is somebody's lying through their teeth, aren't they? They're, somebody's just really in a lot of trouble over this. Uh, Donald Trump is in the paper. Good heavens, when is a day that he's not? He says he can beat Oprah in the elections. I bet you can't. I bet you can't. People like Oprah Winfrey. Uh, the copper sacked for having a crafty kebab. PC Richard Musgrave told bosses at the station he'd driven to an industrial estate to write up a statement. Then he fell asleep. Unfortunately, he was lying through his teeth and you can't have somebody lying, can you, really? In fact, he'd taken his wife home and grabbed a snack. Uh, Sergeant Saville told a disciplinary hearing he and colleagues had become worried about Mr Musgrave after he vanished from the station. He said there was enough concern that something may have happened to make sure he was OK. Uh, he told the panel, Musgrave, that he'd lied about taking his wife home as he was embarrassed. He was sacked. But here he, he's 51, for God's sake. You know, and he, and he gets sacked. I mean, quite rightly so, because you, how can you have somebody like that who's supposed to uphold the law who, who can't tell the truth? You have to tell the truth if you're a police officer. Why didn't he just say what had happened? That would make it a lot easier, wouldn't it? Um, also, also, um, oh, it's a picture of one of the little minxes. This is poor old Perry, Perry Edwards. She used to go out with... Um, She's only 22, but she's going out here. I don't know what she's doing, actually. She's in the dark, prancing around in her underwear. A little bit cheap and trashy, but there again, poor old Perry. Used to go out with Zane, didn't she? Used to go out with, with Zane Malik, and then that finished. I think he kicked her out of the house and all the rest of it. Not surprised seeing these pictures of her, you know, cavorting around. Did you hear what Trump said? Classic Donny stuff. Oprah would be a lot of fun. I know her very well. You know, I did one of her last shows. She had Donald Trump, this is before politics, her last week. And she had Donald Trump and my family. It was very nice. No, I like Oprah. I don't think she's going to run. I don't think she's going to run. <laughs> think again. Think again. He talks about himself as if he's somebody else, doesn't he? He's quite mad. Uh, here she is, the woman who's lost four stone. And, of course, you'll have to suffer with it. And um, they say drying out her huge control pants on her new boyfriend's radiator after spilling a glass of wine on her lap. Sophie Jude was mortified by her big Bridget Jones knickers. To be honest with you, I've looked at a picture of her. They say the old, it looks absolutely fine. But they've got to find somebody, haven't they, who can sort of go, look at me. That means you all have to join this particular company that helped me lose my weight. 
Listen, I promise you, there's no easy way to losing weight. It's as simple as that, actually. And um, and it, what next, Steve? We've got you shutting M&S down and Aussie boy giving everybody flu. I mean, typical, isn't it? Typical. I always get blamed for everything. You know, you know, there'll be sort of a volcano going off somewhere, you know, in Iceland. I'll be blamed. It'll be my fault. You know, all of a sudden, we'll have all these supermarkets coming down south and burger places opening up. It'll be my fault. If in doubt, blame Steve Allen. Meghan Markle will be visiting Twickenham. She'll be wanting to go to Sandy's and she wanted to go to Paul Cooper's place and the frame shop and go down the Barmy Arms and have a couple of bevies with the boys. And they'll be going, all because of Steve. It'll be me. I'll be blamed for this. You know, getting on the train this morning, Meghan Markle will be there. She'll be going, Steve, Meghan. I'll be going, hello. Never seen you. Not a clue who you are. I just know that you were an actress and now you don't have any social media. Because I'm assuming none of the boys have social media in the royal family. I don't think Harry's got social media. What would he write? Fell out of Mahiki again. I mean, I don't think they're allowed to. And so they've obviously said to her, terribly sorry, sweet cheeks, but you can't have any social media. But I just wanted to write to people. Nobody, have anybody heard her voice? Have I heard? Oh, yes, of course we have. When she did that thing where Harry said nothing. He sat there like a mute. It was like a scene out of a, out of a Monty Python film. And here's Harry the Mute. He didn't say anything. I wanted him to speak up, but he just sat there lovesick. Seriously, I thought he was about to sort of ravish her on the settee. Very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. The gorilla that will be missed is Nico. Apparently he was 56. I'm reliably informed 56 is a very good age. He featured on the television. He lost his partner. He lived on an island at Longleat and he had had Sky Television. He enjoyed Sky Television and um, and he just passed away peacefully. Something about gorillas, isn't there? I remember seeing the film Gorillas in the Mist and getting very angry because I thought if it hadn't been for Diane Fossey, most of these gorillas would still be alive. But she sort of made it so that gorillas trusted her and that was their big mistake, I'm afraid. They trusted people who wanted to, to kill them. Uh, the seedy, seedy side... Of, uh, of Thailand, a £5 billion sex trade. Ask anybody about it, they go, oh, no, people come to Thailand for the food. Sadly not. Sadly not. People go there for the sex industry. It's just, it's like one giant cattle market. It's really quite dreadful. So whenever people say, oh, I think we go to Thailand. Oh, where are you going to go? Mm, well, we don't know. We should have to wander about. Bits of it are probably quite nice, but it does survive on the sex industry. Uh, the BBC radio host, taken off air in a pay gap row. This is uh, somebody called Winifred Robinson. It sounds like something from the Dark Age, isn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Winifred Robinson show. But uh, there was a row over her views on equal pay for women. She had, well, that's about, off, straight away, the BBC can't say they're not allowed to have an opinion. It's for the BBC. I'm paying your wages. But anyway, she, uh, she supported uh, the China editor Carrie Grace. But as was pointed out yesterday... You know, people do get different amounts of money. If I had a co-host on this programme and it was somebody new, they wouldn't earn the money that I earn because I've been here a long time and I've sort of, I've built up. You get like brownie points. Uh, And so that's the way it works. So when people say, oh, you know, the China editor was earning 135,000 a year. I'd never even heard of her. I'm sure she's very well known and Sheila Fogarty knows her and all the rest of it. Most people have got no idea who she is. Is she really integral? Is she really worth 135000 a year? If you put her on a programme, would she pull an audience by herself? Of course not. That's why John Humphreys will get the money, the £600,000 plus, because he pulls an audience. Like Nick Ferrari will earn so much money because he pulls an audience. That's what it's about. Far more so in commercial radio than it is there. I was amazed they even had a China editor. I mean, how many stories do you think she can find every day? 
for 135,000. That's the trouble. There's loads of people working at the BBC who actually aren't working. They're there and they're, they're, they cost an awful lot of money. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, the World Cup fans have been told, don't Russian into marriage. You'll find lots of Russian hookers. It's the biggest uh, business going in Russia at the moment. It'll be people who send you pictures. Oh, I really want to meet you. You sound nice and all this. I get it all the time, constantly. Honestly, it's like a, a millstone around my neck, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you get somebody writing to you. Hi, I Russian girl in your area. I want to meet you. No, you don't. You really don't want to meet me. I don't drink very much vodka and I can't bear goulash so there's no point or cabbage or anything like that but um and my well the russian wife's okay you know we just sort of made it was for convenience for her you know she wanted to come and help out in this country she's got a little flat somewhere soho i believe but uh, what they're basically saying is there are lots of fake brides cash scam the people willing to take your money so if you're an old fool and there are plenty of old fools let me tell you uh and you get some gorgeous looking girl with sort of you know pictures and stuff like that that they send you on the internet you know never holiday snaps of them on the beach in benidorm or anything like that it's always a picture of them for some strange reason rolling about on a bed you know going i work for babe station and and you think oh so she works for the railways that's quite nice i never understand why they bother going on strike if you've got people like that working there but they do say that there's lots of people who will take advantage of you and a lot of british nationals have been conned and, you know, there are books about it. But, you know, no fool like an old fool. Sometimes a young fool as well. And people really believe. You know, as somebody said, I think, once in a film, do you really believe? Do you re- Oh, that's right. It was Basil Fawlty, wasn't it? And uh, there was a, a woman in the hotel and she'd sort of flirted a bit with him. And then Sybil said, do you really believe that she's going to be interested in a crinkly old stick insect like you? And, of course, Basil didn't like that at all. Because most men are quite vain. I was interested to hear James O'Brien the other day uh, saying that um, when, when it comes to partners, men exaggerate and women halve it. So, you know, a man will say, oh, I've had ten partners. Women will say, only two. And, uh, and that's the kind of, Although I watched that dating programme again on television where people take all their clothes off. Very embarrassing. Very embarrassing, honestly. That's it, really, if, you, if you're not... Uh, that, is it James O'Brien's... I have got James O'Brien's presents. I have. I've just got to contact that woman up, uh, and she's got some tramadol for me. And um, I don't. What would you buy, James O'Brien? He's got everything. Is he a forty-six? Is he really? Are you sure that's not waist size? Are you sure that's not waist size? Forty? Is he forty-six on Saturday? I wonder what his wife's going to buy him. That'd be interesting. I don't know what you'd buy somebody like him. There's nothing that he really needs, is it? Is he still allowed to drive a thesaurus, another thesaurus, perhaps a modern thesaurus? I don't know, actually. I might bring him in a bottle of booze or something. Dreadful waste of booze. But I mean, you know, because I don't know how much he drinks. I don't know if he if he drinks alcohol. I tell you what he does like. He likes Turkish delight. He likes Turkish delight. I bought him some Turkish delight before and he seemed quite happy with that. Anyway, uh, Kate, Kate Garraway has hit out at the shocking reaction to her decision to have a dry January. She says, I quit booze and I was treated like a leper. She said she was called boring and smug. Don't you take any notice of them, Kate, don't you? Wa- These people are just simpletons. They're sim- like George, who's writing to me, talking about, oh, you, when you've closed down Marks and Spencers. You know, as I say, well, nothing worse than writing as a woman. Could be trans, I don't know. And, and you sort of say, don't take any notice of these people. She said, I've been shocked by people's reactions. They're simpletons. They're lonely people. They don't have anybody to write to. They think they know you, but of course you don't know them and you don't want to know them. That's like the, the, there's a woman pictured in the papers today. When she saw Meghan Markle, she burst into tears. I love you, I love you. I'm thinking, you're mad. You're mad. Why can't you just be normal? And the answer is because they're not, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, 
A report on TV News last week highlighted how organised criminals were able to get into keyless cars using computer codes. Criminals target luxury and high-performance cars. Well, thank God I've not got one of those. That'd be terrible. Happened to my colleague on his own drive. Yeah, we have 16 CCTV cameras. Seriously, you know, I mean, you know, and what with the pit of piranhas around the car and the flamethrowers underneath it? There's no chance. No chance. You know, because, you know, you've got to be near somebody to actually get the codes out of it. You've got to be near the thing. But, of course, it's not going to happen. Never going to happen. Uh, Dallas says, if you open the car door by just touching the handle, it can be stolen. Take my word for it. Well, put it this way, I've been driving for more than, <clears throat> well, a long time anyway, and I've never had a car stolen. Never had a car stolen. Never had anything at all. Only ever had one accident in my entire life. Never had a car stolen. And the only accident I had because I took my eyes off the road and went under the back of a lorry sort of limped up to a friend of mine's place. But uh, no, never happened. There's only certain people... If they parked on roads, I could understand it. We're off-road parking, thank you very much indeed. Mike Tyson wants to be in Downton as a toff. I don't know how that would ever happen. I'm hoping that it won't happen. This is in the film, the film, I think. Prosecco has popped champagne's bubble because people uh, like Prosecco. Uh, it's cheaper than champagne. I don't know if it's, if it's better for you or worse. I really don't know. I've not looked at the ins and outs. I know it's got lots of uh, sugar. Uh, Joanna Lumley will be hosting The Big Show, the BAFTAs, which is good news. I saw a guy the other day with Bradley Walsh on the telly. He was on the Palladium programme, and he's a bubble man. There used to be one called Tom Noddy, who was the bubble man. Now they've got this new one who dresses as a toff, because just blowing bubbles is a bit dull. But this one was quite good. I thought it was quite a nice little act. At one point, he had a, a bubble thing that he sort of blew, blew the bubbles and blew smoke into it, and then it took off. And when it got to the top, one little bubble came back. It was so clever. I quite like that. Now, that was a good thing. Good thing. Uh, pension crisis for millions. I'll let you read about that. Terrified victims of John Warboy say banish him from London. I'm still not entirely sure when he comes out. End of this month. But will is he got anonymity? Are they giving him a new identity? Or will he just go, oh, look, John, Boy's bo- John Warboy lives here. I think people should be told about that. And the top girls grammar school who won't call pupils girls anymore. Oh, there's always one, isn't there? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Nick Ferrari with you at breakfast at 7 o'clock this morning on LBC. The Daily Mail are accusing Virgin of censorship over the group's decision to stop selling its papers on some of its trains. Do you support Sir Richard Branson's firm's decision? Ahead of their live event for Global's Make Some Noise in London next week, Nick will be joined by Sir Nick Clegg. It's also the Deputy PM's first appearance since being awarded his knighthood. Plus, Nick will continue his ABC campaign. That's anti-bullying charter. The Children's Commissioner for England, Anne Longfield, will be answering your questions about cyberbullying. That's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. More of your texts and emails before we go to the, the front pages. Apparently, um, Simon reckons driving gloves for James O'Brien. That would seem quite, I think they come as standard. He's not driving a Volvo, is he? Is he a Volvo driver? Oh, I don't know. I'm, to be honest with you, I wouldn't even... The, the thought of him behind the wheel of a car, I find quite frightening. The very idea, and also, you know, he's in Chiswick, or Chiswick as we call it, and it's full of celebrities. I, th- I thought they just sort of, you know, nanny drives. I don't think anybody else actually drove. And uh, one here from George, who's the the woman, pretending to be a woman, but it's really a man, who's now sending kisses, so it's a gay man in the news forest. Uh, very embarrassing. Good to know you can take criticism as well as you dish it out. I didn't see that as criticism. I saw that as a compliment. I saw that as an absolute compliment. And we now know how affected you are. OK, so um, unfortunately, that's your last one. You'll have to go and get another phone now, won't you? Who have you got to talk to? Nobody. 
Never mind. Uh, somebody says here, when I first heard this guy rambling in the early hours, I didn't like or understand his show. Flo, uh, now weeks in, I understand. Love this guy. Keep up the waffle. Yeah. If only, once you remember the name, you might actually be a more, more adult type of person. Because, you know, simple people, I'd say, I can't, I can't deal with it. You have to go and join George in the new forest. Uh, up to his own shenanigans, I should imagine. It's Yvonne. What about the customers that are coughing and spluttering in their hands and give you the money and they talk on the mobile phones? Actually, I see more people on mobile phones getting on buses. You know, so you're, you're sitting there on the bus and somebody will get on. And they, yeah, so, 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 and then they, they sort of get their thing out. It goes beep, 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 which means they've got no, no credit. And then the bus driver lets them on. Apparently you get a free, free go or something. But next time, they're, they're going to sting you for it, so you're going to be made to pay for it. But how are these, who are they talking to at that time of the morning? You get people sitting on the train at 7 o'clock talking. Who? Who are they talking to? And uh, not sure if you have a cook shop in Twickenham, says Perdita. No, it closed down. Ours closed down. It's a coffee shop now. There's one in uh, Chiswick on the way to the, uh, to the Chiswick roundabout. As you go up there and then you turn off to the left if you're coming from, uh, from Turnham Green. But you can buy frozen meals there and they use the finest quality ingredients. I thought they were terribly expensive. I did buy a couple of things from, from there, but I thought they were expensive. So ours didn't last. I mean, Twickenham, people cook. I don't. I'm not one of those people that can cook or, or do anything like that. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it lasted. It didn't last very long at all. I thought it was quite a good idea. In fact, I, I, when I went past the one in Chiswick the other day, I remember thinking, good Lord, it's still going. I was, I was quite surprised, actually. Uh, somebody says, I'm uh, 70 soon. This is Mike. He says, used to suffer from asthma and refused to have the flu jab because I became very ill from one nine years ago. Been fine since. Yes, I think it's only the first time that you have the flu jab that you don't get very well. But then the next time around, it's, it's fine. I haven't had the flu this year at all. I got the cough. Where that came from? Well, I know roughly where it came from. It came from the office. <laughs> what happened to your uh, your cataract operation? Says Mary. Still waiting. I've got another hospital visit just to check that it's all systems go, and then we're going to. I've got to phone up the Burns unit today and make another appointment. I've got so many appointments at the Burns unit. I don't know what this one's for. I've yet to find out, but I'm sure it'll be fantastic. And um, uh, Sid says, get James O'Brien a tash trimmer. He doesn't have a tash. Why would he? It, it, oh, right, has he got a beard? I can't even remember. I only saw him the other day. Oh, he, oh, he scratches on air, does he? Oh, dear. Slightly odd, isn't it? Slight, slightly grisly Adams. And um, somebody says here, James O'Brien will be safe from the car key. Uh, uh, he's got a Twingo hunchback. <laughs> Thank you. I don't, even, I don't even know what people drive. I've really got no idea what people drive. It never comes into the, uh, into the equation around here. Nobody ever goes, oh, what does Sheila Fogarty drive? Or what does, you know, Ian... I wouldn't even know what Ian Dale drove. Does it make any difference to anybody? You know, anybody listening, worried about that? No. Has, he got, has Ian got a very nice car? Oh, is it... He's got a Land Rover. Oh, God, how pretentious. How pretentious. That's what the royal family have got, Land Rovers, isn't it? The difference is Ian Dale probably paid for his, and the royal family get them for free. Uh, Transport for London want to bring in 4G across the whole tube network sometime next year. That means you'll have to listen to people shouting through their phone calls on the underground. Hello? Yeah, I'm on the underground, because it's so noisy on the underground. If it was quiet, I could understand it, but it's not. It really isn't. It's, it's very, very noisy. And also, what do you mean you can't go from here to there without making a phone call? Please. Goodness sake, honestly. Uh, stars hit back over the racist H and, um, H and What's It hoodie thing that came out the other day with the little uh, black child. And in fact, one, one person on the television the other day on Loose Women said she's got a mixed-race child. She said all she saw was a little black kid wearing a, a little hoodie thing with, you know, monkey on the front. She said, I call my little boy Cheeky Monkey. 
She said, I'd buy it. You know, but you, people see, she said, people see racism. They see black child, monkey, they see racism. They don't see anything else. They don't realise, you know, they're not, they, they're not foresighted enough. You should have listened to um, James O'Brien yesterday. He kind of nailed it, I thought. Um, some see, oh, that was, we've done that one before, haven't we, actually? Uh, also, India Willoughby, a most dreadful person on the Big Brother house. Just nasty. You know, coming up with all these sort of rabbits about, you know, she's got a phobia about drag queens. <laughs> and we all went, yeah, of course you have, dear. Of course you have. Because there's loads of pictures of her on the internet with, with drag queens. So she's quite clearly just a compulsive liar. Uh, also, uh, yes, I'm, I'm not... Uh, they, I quite like this one. Women are born to survive. They're harder than men. Of course they are. That's why men die first. You know, if you're in a marriage, the chances are the man's going to go before the woman because women are stronger. Much, much stronger. Uh, pervy ministers face the axe. Oh, well, do you think so? It was only the other day when we talked about Toby Young and the news broke on this programme the other day. In fact, I forget what time it was. It wasn't far short of this, was it? It was about this time yesterday. That's why I thought about it. And Theo Usherwood came in and, and talked about it. And then you realise he deleted 40,000 tweets. And, um, and you had some of them. I think there was Boris's brother, wasn't it, who was standing up, sort of almost defending him in the House of Commons. And and then he's lost his job. All a little bit uh, a little bit embarrassing. But then you read some of the things that he was talking about, and you think, well, of course he should have lost his job. Of course he should have lost his job. So much uh, so much easier to do that. Uh, the other one was um, the the ring. I can't find the ring swallower story. I'm sure it, it's somewhere around. Somewhere around. I feel very sorry for all the people. You, but they they probably think it's great, but it's not. The people who are stuck in the Swiss ski haven. They've had so much snow around that nobody can get out. Nobody can get anywhere at all because they've had 39 inches of snow. And 39 inches is a lot of snow. So they don't allow you to go skiing. They won't let you go skiing because it's too dangerous. It could cause an avalanche. The more the snow, and it's light snow, falling on top of snow, falling on top of snow, falling on top of snow. And so not only can they not get out of the resorts, 13,000... 13,000 people stuck in these resorts. It's a, it's a case of you're, you're sort of stuck there and you can't go skiing either, which means that you can't get your flight connection, which means you've got to reschedule everything and you might be running out of money, which is not so good, is it? Not so good. Front pages of the papers, guess what? Meghan Markle goes to Brixton and um, they say uh, she calls the fashion tune with a bit of help from Marks and Spencers. Harry sits there just with the, uh, with the grin on his face. The... Um, the story about uh, Ashley um, uh, is uh, Ashley Dewsbury. He asked to look at a £25,000 diamond solitaire ring in a jeweller's shop and then he swallowed it. I mean, to be honest with you, I wasn't aware that you could swallow rings, but the stunned shopkeeper and one of the staff grabbed Dewsbury to try and stop him escaping, but he fought them off and fled. He's in court and uh, two days later... The ring popped out again, which still had the price tag on it, 24995 That means it's under 25000 uh, He then handed it to a drug dealer to settle his £2,000 cocaine and heroin debt. He comes from Brooklyn Road in Cheltenham. He admitted stealing the ring from David Edwards Jewellers in the town on June the 10th last year. Uh, but I don't know what the end result was of it. I don't know whether or not... He actually, I mean, I'm assuming he'll, he'll, he'll probably end up going to prison. Would we not think so? I mean, that seems to be the uh, sort of thing. There's a picture of him. 
He admitted assaulting the shop owner. Oh, he's been jailed for 22 months. Doesn't say very much, does it? He was shown a number of rings and he picked out one and said, that's very nice, put it in his mouth. I mean, to be honest with you, looking at the, show me a picture of him again. Oh, he had a picture of him. He doesn't look like the sort of person who could ever afford a £25,000 ring. And so he nicked it so he could pay for his cocaine habit. Silly little boy. But they, they have a picture of the uh, of the ring, the stolen ring. My God, I mean, you can swallow something like that, can you? I would have thought if it's a diamond, it's quite dangerous to swallow that. But he was charged with, uh, with robbery. Uh, the last minute, though, he agreed to plead guilty to charges of theft and assault. The prosecution then dropped the robbery charge. And... Um, you know, she said that she enjoyed the job. Miss Miss Bull, who worked in the shop, he, he sort of grappled with her. She said it has occasional challenges. But anyway, he's in prison now, so there you go. No more cocaine for you. Oh, sorry, you're in prison. Easy cocaine. Easy cocaine. It'll be arriving in by drone very shortly. Uh, the other day, Ian Dale said he treated himself to a new Audi Q7, but it was diesel, says Tony. Oh, right. I didn't, uh, I didn't, um, didn't know that at all. I'm not, I've had diesel cars before, is that what it... Oh, right. Good Lord. It's an odd car, isn't it? Looks like a tank. I wonder what colour it's in. I bet it's grey. Grey's very popular at the moment. And um, uh, Steve says, Holly, Miss Jean Brodie said in a posh Scottish accent, my gents are la creme de la creme. I went to a small private girls' school in Scotland in the 70s, which was Miss Jean Brodie-esque. We all turned out rather well. Our headmistress was called Miss Bossomworth. Teehee. We had a variety of nicknames for her, as you can imagine. Big hello to her and all who survived and thrived under her tenure. That's it, isn't it? I can't remember any of my teachers at all, apart from very early. We had a Miss Salt and a Miss Pepper, and that's and a Mr Pedley was the headmaster, and that's about as far as I can remember, because it was such a long time ago. You're not supposed to remember these sort of things. Uh, the best thing you can give James O'Brien for his birthday is your book. I know, but would he appreciate it? He has his own book, of course, out not, not selling as well as my book, but I mean, it's selling. I could sign it for him to my best friend James. You also have to put that down. My best friend James ever. You know, love the car. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. How bizarre. In the Express today, Anne Widdicombe's column starts off with big hello from the Big Brother house. Well, she's allowed to write her column because there are pieces that have happened. So either this has been ghosted and uh, but it doesn't say that. She talks about her experience, but in fact, she's the most boring person under the sun. In fact, the, the picture, they need to get another picture done at the top because the old woman doesn't look at all like this anymore. You know, this is, I mean, so how can she be allowed to have contact with the outside world? I mean, how is that happening? How is, it, how is she allowed to write a column and she's in the Big Brother house? What a waste of time and space. Uh, more on the woman who's apparently lost loads of weight. She's holding up a pair of knickers. I mean, to be honest with you, if she didn't have any looks about her, she wouldn't be featured in this campaign which is uh, very dreary, not very exciting at all. Um, there's a bloke here, James Gibson, a gas heating engineer from Essex, who's apparently been revealed as the Banksy of the van world. He creates murals on dirty vehicles. I always think people who can paint and do anything like that are absolutely brilliant. I think it's so clever. So, so clever. Uh, front page, front page of the Express today, DJ Megan calls the fashion tune. So she goes to a radio station in Brixton. You know, and they, they, now she's DJ Megan. It's just spin doctoring. 13,000 tourists trapped in the Swiss resort after the major snowstorm and pension crisis for millions. Massacre on the front of the Daily Mail today uh, of the middle-aged men. May promotes women 
and ethnic minority MPs to make the government more like the country. I didn't see more ethnic minority pictures in there. Perhaps I was looking at the wrong picture. In fact, I'm, I'm trying to find it. Well, let me have a quick look at the picture, see, see who all these ethnic minority people are, because I'm sure they've got, you know, pictures going out there. I think this is, uh, this is another bit of spin doctor. They're all white middle-class people. Where, where are the other people? They, I mean, the only one we've found so far is the migrant's daughter, who's not scared to talk tough. This is uh, Suila Fernandez. But the rest of them is very white, middle class, so I don't quite see. Uh, Megan Mania. Don't know why, because some balmy woman touches. Get your hands off. OK, why there's not a security man there, I don't know. Crowd shout, we love you. And she visits Brixton. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, Daily Star, Celebrity Big Brother, Royal Race Row, Anne Whittacombe blasts Megan's background. But then Anne Whittacombe is a dinosaur. There's nothing you can do about it. That's just the way she feels about it. But obviously she's she's allowed to write about her experiences. She's very strange, isn't it? Might as well to give them all telephones. Phone anybody anytime you like. Uh, May extends the £5 plastic bag charge to all small shops. Before it had to be with so many people who worked in the shop. Now it's all small shops. 5p for a carrier bag. I'll have to start taking my carrier bags out with me. But I don't know, it's only 5p. I couldn't care. Less. People question it, though. People question it. They always go, are you sure that's all right? Uh, we, we found uh, James O'Brien's car. Apparently, it's a Twingo. I mean, to be honest, it's a, a, it, is this a car or is this a joke? It's a Renault, is it? Oh, right. It looks like something Noddy would drive. Has he got a little hat with a bell on it? Can they all fit in it? He's got two children. Where are they? Perhaps they go in the boot. Perhaps they have to push it. Perhaps it's got a heated rear window so that they can put... I've never seen such a small car. Mind you, it's in Chiswick, parking at a premium. We have off-road parking. He's not lucky enough to have things like that. He did try and park once in the car park. We were ready. I had the clamp ready for him. (laughs) Ask him. Queen of the Airwaves, Meghan Markle. No, not Queen of the Airwaves at all. They say she made her name in suits. Exactly. Having been a girl standing there go, and today the prize is... And that's it. She tries her hand at radio instead. Oh, God, please don't. Please don't. Can live without it. Pay row women silenced by the BBC. Uh, there's a Radio 4 presenter. I love this idea. Hauled off air. Can you imagine? Hauled off air. It's a case of, right, you grab her by the scruff of the neck and drag her out. Of course, it isn't like that at all. It's, it's getting a bit tedious, actually. You know, she was offered a £45,000 increase and she turned it down. You know, so in other words, they were prepared to offer, so £180,000. For what? For just being the China correspondent, nearly 200,000 quid a year. God, that's why I'm, I'm slightly worried about Victoria Beckham, who's proudly told people, God knows why, that she spends, just to do her face every day, it's £1,200. And I thought, are you determined to alienate yourself from the entire British public? People aren't interested in that. There you go, James O'Brien. I became a Volvo owner tomorrow. I become a Volvo owner. It feels like a rite of passage into terminal middle-aged dullness, so I should buy some furry dice too. So this this was posted nearly four years ago. He might have changed, actually. I don't see... I think a Volvo's a bit too big for him to park. He did have a car stolen once, didn't he? Do you remember? He was given a loan car for a weekend or something, and somebody nicked it. <laughs> he, had a vo- he had a Vauxhall before the Volvo. He's got some very odd cars, hasn't he? I thought he'd be driving something sort of quite sort of swish and sophisticated, like a Ferrari. <laughs> so he was a Volvo owner back in 14, but we think now he has a Twingo. Or that's some people being particularly cruel about it and going, we think he drives a Twingo. Because I looked at it, it does look like the car that Noddy and Big Ears would drive. 
You know, you go out there, we're going out, we're going to be a family, and we're going to go and sit in a lay-by and have a pot of tea. Uh, the Sun this morning, Code of Toad Hall, PM's new rules on common sleaze. She seems to be blissfully unaware, doesn't she, about what's sort of going on in the, in the real world. And a picture of fans wild for royals on youth radio tour. I mean, sorry, this is... I don't quite get what, what they've done this for. Is that if this is trying to make it, you know, so that young people who go, right, we're going to vote for her because she's one of us. I think they, they failed on that one. I just don't think it's right. Oh, I found the story about the schools. The school who are banned uh, calling girls girls. This is a top grammar school. Altrincham Grammar School for Girls said it offended transgender kids. If you were a transgender kid, OK, and you transed from a boy to a girl, why would you object to being called a girl? What do you want to be called? Trans. So we've got the girlies, the boysies, then we've got the not-too-shores. Why would they not want to be called girls? I don't understand that. Uh, anyway, they've written to parents saying the decision was made to break ingrained habits to the way pupils are spoken to. God, you don't want to get your kids out of there as quick as possible. But governors said there were no plans to remove girls from the school's name because it's called Altrincham Grammar School for Girls. So obviously it's not. It's Altrincham Grammar School for Girls, Transgenders, Boys, uh, Inbetweeners, Bisexuals, Sexual Deviants and just about anybody else you can think of. The move was ridiculed by locals in Greater Manchester. Former Corrie star Charles Lawson, who played Jim McDonald, tweeted, teachers in a girls' school down the road. Told not to call children girls. God give me blooming strength. But, uh, LGBT campaign group Stonewall says this step signifies a commitment for a world where all people are accepted without exceptions. What's, what's the matter with girls then? If you've transed, you're going to be a girl. Or do you, do you want to be called trans? I don't quite understand where Stonewall are coming from. They sound a little bit in the dark ages on this one. Altrincham Grammar School has 1,250 pupils and was named 6th Best State School. 6th Best State School. That was in a Sunday Times poll before they came in with this one. And Wales is in a move to end child smacking. Things have got more crime in Wales than you can shake a stick at. I would think that was probably the wrong move. Because people see it as, you know, it's abuse of a child. I call it discipline. I call it learning the difference between right and wrong. Have you seen the way that kids treat the police on the television programmes? Sticking their fingers up to them, kicking, spitting at them. Class, isn't it, really? Can't beat it. Uh, Mike says, just to let you know, our wonderful James Obi drives a Volvo 4x4. And uh, Nick Ferrari drives a Jaguar. Are you sure? Are you sure he drives? I'm not sure he does. I'm not sure he does. I thought he drove a Mercedes. But it is true, is it? Oh, OK. Who said that? Who's just come back with you? Oh, Downs. Oh, typical, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And James O'Brien drives... Uh, sorry, James drives a Volvo 4x4. Well, I don't think so. We're not sure about this. I think he's got the noddy car. And I drive... A, we, oh, right. <laughs> and you drive, Steve, a Bentley. We know that you're posh. I love the way people think it's posh. It's just a convenient car. It's just convenient. It's nice. It gets you from A to B. It's very comfy and it's got little refinements on it, you know, like wheels. And uh, you put petrol in it and off you go. It's, uh, it seems to work quite well, thank you very much indeed. And it's very fast. I could probably take on all the boys at the station and the girls. And the girls, if I decided to. And Joanne Webb's driving a Vauxhall Astra. Well, it depends what turns up on the drive, doesn't it, really? I mean, I've often said with Joanne, you know, I said, what are you driving this week? And she'll then come up with another car. Then you say, where'd you get that one from? She goes, I don't know, just arrived. Comes complete with keys. <laughs> That's it for this morning. Thank you for your company. Make sure you please download the LBC app, 
lbc.co.uk, which means as, as well as listening to LBC, wherever you are, you can listen back to this and all of our other programmes from the last week for free on the catch-up feature. And you can get my free podcast as well on my little bit extra. I'll be questioning today why the royal family sent Meghan to Brixton. Harry tagged along as well, although you never know it. And I'll be saying who should be on the way out of the Big Brother house on Friday. I think you probably guessed. And a story about one of the people from TOWIE might make the producer feel a little bit queasy. Find my little bit extra and listen for free. And don't forget, you can also find, if you click on Presenters, Steve Allen, you get the video of my show, which was at the Hippodrome the other week. Just download the LBC app for iPhone or Android. Tap on Catch Up, simple as that. At 10 o'clock, he's driving. Well, we're not too sure, but he's definitely going to be here. It's James O'Brien. But next... With breakfast on LBC, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.